And we are live. The anticipation. Oh, my God. Yes, we're is... here. We made it. We did it. Yes, we're here. We're very excited. This is episode one of Flippin' 10. My name is Jacob Bratz, Longleaf Reptilia. What's up? I'm Sky of Hail the Scales. And this is the newest show with the Herpeticulture Network. Um, this has been in the works for, oh man, I don't know. We've, don't know been, <laughs> we've been talking about this probably since like, I want to say like October, November, yeah, August. I think, it, I think it was, I think it was October that we kind of yeah put this into the ether and start talking about it. But we were, we wanted to shoot for go like starting in the new year. Yeah, new year, new goals. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, start 2024 off right. We're hoping to start more at the beginning, but we had some. Yeah, know. we were. There's <laughs> <laughs> two guys, two, two, uh, two guys that just flow by the wind trying to make something come together. So. Yeah, two guys that are not techie at all. I was literally on the phone with Justin um, for like 10 minutes before this being like, so what button do I click now? Yeah. Um, so we yeah, but we're here. We made it happen. Um, we got the Instagram page going. So if you have not checked that out, please do give us a follow. Thanks for everyone um, that has interacted with the page and yeah, yeah, We were just talking about that. How stoked we were on that. That's so cool. Cool of you guys yeah. to you know support us in this little uh, herping journey that we're trying to go on. Yeah, that was that's definitely going to be something we want to do a lot of going forward is get more interactment from people that listen, people that follow us, you know, we want to hear what you guys have to say, your opinions, you know, all that. We want to talk about it on the show, you know, so that's, that's going to be a big part of this moving forward. So we are, we're super, super excited for this. You know, we've been, we've been bouncing back ideas for weeks now, especially once things actually like got going and we started the Instagram page and, yeah. Once we were like, all right, it's actually New Year's. We've been saying on New Year's we're gonna do this. Let's actually let's get this ball rolling. And then that's when we're like, all right, we got the name for sure. We were freaking we bounced back and forth on names for a little while. And then once we were both like, all right, this one's been ringing in our heads for a couple of weeks and we both kind of like it and it's got some deep meaning. And yeah. that was one of the things we wanted to kick this off with. It was um, you know, flipping tin isn't just us, you know, in just say, oh, it's flipping 10. We didn't just, it's kind of got some deeper meaning to it and what it means to us. So we kind of want to go into that. I don't know if you want to go first, Jake, or me. Or oh, man. You, go you ahead. technically came up with the name and the list of ideas. So I mean, yeah, I, I came up, dude. I was like, I was at work completely wasting my time there, but <laughs> I'm literally sitting there writing down all these na potential names for the podcast. And I had like a whole list and flipping flipping 10 just like i don't know why it stuck out to me and i sent like five or six of them to sky and he narrowed it down to like three and flipping 10 was one of them and i was like yeah that's kind of my favorite one and he agreed so um you know there's the meaning behind it you know at least for us is you know there there's there's the actual there's the actual action of flipping 10 you know but for me i feel like for in this show it, it it's more so just like it, it's turning over different stuff because yeah you never it's know a new adventure you, you never it's know what adventure. the next adventure is going to hold it's 
you never know what's going to be around the next corner, which is yeah. just like the piece of tin. You never know what's going to be under it until you go out and flip it. Yeah, to why you got to get out and flip some tin. That's right. Man. That's why it's like, look, you know, life is life is the tin. Get out and flip it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. kick flip it, baby. <laughs> no, but dude, flipping tin, it's 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 deep. It's just like the deep ocean. You don't know what you're pulling up out of the deep ocean when you throw a hook out there. And you get something on that reel and it's a mile deep. You don't know what it is until it's on the boat. And it's just like flipping a piece of tin, baby. Exactly. You don't know if there's a rat underneath there with a nest and nothing and a couple snake skins. Or if there's that life or pine snake that you've been waiting <laughs> decades for to see. And now today is the day and you just flipped it. So, Or there might be absolutely nothing. And you know what? That's okay, too, because you tried. Yeah. And then that's. It's the nothings that make the piece of tin that you do flip with something underneath it so much more better because then you're just like, oh my God, I'm done. It's, is it even worth it flipping this one at this point? Nothing else has worked out today. And then bam, bam. target right yeah. there. Is that, that's Training. another aspect of it all, man. If you don't, if you look at it and you decide not to, then you never know. You never know. You, know, How are you, you, you don't know? know if you don't try. And that's what this is. You know, we, this, this show is flipping tin for us, you know, yeah, like literally, we're, we're trying, yeah, we're trying something different, you know, whether it, whether it hits or not, you know, we we're hopeful that, that everybody will like it and it'll, it'll go well, but you know, that, that's what, that's what the show is for us, man. You know? And, yeah. We were uh, the premise of the show. We didn't want it to be based on our collections solely what we do or what we're breeding or, you know, what's going on with that. We wanted to talk about, what we're seeing in the field and what we're bringing back from the field and then applying to our collections and then seeing, you know, because um, one of the original names for the podcast that I wanted to start a while ago was Keeper's Corner. And it was supposed to just be nothing about keeping experiences and what happens as someone who I consider a keeper, not a breeder. I don't consider myself a breeder. I consider myself a keeper before anything. And that's what I focus on, the keeping aspect. So what can we bring back from nature and apply to the keeping aspect that's going to not only make our lives as, as reptile hobbyists more enjoyable and more fun as the day-to-day -day life while you're enjoying these animals? Because that's what the whole point is. It wasn't, you know, to just change their water and their poop when they needed it. It was to enjoy them. So how could we get these behaviors that they would normally do in the wild to happen in our room? And, you know, what else could we add to spark some new stuff that we never even knew could happen because we weren't in the wild at that moment in time when it was doing a behavior, because you're never going to see something happen if you're not there at the right moment in time, which is so much what herping is about being at the right place at the right time at the right moment in the universe. And so many catches and unbelievable experiences for me out in the field have been that right moment at the right time. You could, you know, Oh man, I stopped here to go pee. And then I dropped a piece of paper and then walked three steps back and then now I'm walking, you know, 20 minutes later and this snake just so happens to be the tail end of it scooting off the end of the road. When if I wouldn't have done any of that other stuff, I would have completely missed it. I would have never known that <laughs> snake was there and right moment, right place and time. So yeah. there's a huge big picture of all this. We're trying to get deep with it. It's not right. just about breeding your snakes in your closet because, I mean, hey, everyone's doing that, right? We've, we've heard a million podcasts on that. So let's get into the deep rooted wild of these animals and yeah. what their behaviors hold. And that's, you know, that that's, that's kind of, you know, our main, you know, we have several goals with this, but I think the one thing that I kind of want to steer clear from are like breeding aspects, you know, what are you working on this year? Obviously there will be some of that, you know, 
it's just how it's going to go. But like what we really want to get into is we really want people. We're going to have people that only field herp and don't captive keep just to hear their side of things, you know, get their stories, hear their experiences. But we also really want people like Sky and myself that keep as well as herp and just to just kind of hear what everybody's got to say about it and, you know, how how herping influences their captive collection and things that they do. I know it influences mine a lot and I know Sky does for you too. Yeah. I mean, for me, one thing it's, you hear the saying in life, you know, seeing is believing a lot of people, uh, including myself. That's kind of how I base a lot of the things in my life is, you know, you kind of got to see it before you believe it. And you kind of, when you're in the field and you see an animal or a reptile, you know, doing a behavior or displaying an act or, you know, doing something that you haven't seen before and you say you may have a similar animal at home, it's going to be hard to see that act or that behavior and then go back home and then just completely negate that and not think, hey, I could probably get that same action or behavior out of my animal if I just provide the couple of things that were going on in nature when I saw this happening. And it's just if you start correlating a couple things that happen that you may witness in a certain scenario and bring it back to your home, you can start, you know, doing your own little home experiments with your animals and with your um, keeping habits. And who knows what you're going to unlock. That's kind of the basis of how I've gotten so far with a lot of my animals is kind of listening to a lot of people, deciphering a lot of the BS and a lot of what I've seen in the wild and in nature and applying all those together in a mush mash ball. And you just, you see what works, you adjust accordingly and you read your animals because they're going to tell you everything you need to know. You just got to read them. And it's, it's a huge learning experience that you're just, you can all, you, uh, the field and nature is always a reference that you can go back to. That's the coolest thing. You could always go back to nature. And that's why everyone says, you know, start with natural history because natural history is everything. You can't, it's it's almost like numbers don't lie. That's basically what natural history is. Right. Absolutely, man. You know, and I feel like a lot of, I feel like for a lot of people, you know, again, as to get, getting into why we, we wanted to do this, a lot of people started with field herping, you know. I mean, obviously, there's, there's several people that have only kept to cap, haven't done a lot in the field, and, and that's perfectly fine. But something we want to encourage in this is if you are a captive keeper, but you don't field herp, you, you should start. Like, this year, obviously not right now, it's cold. <laughs> not in Florida, but, you know, it's... But you need you got it you got to start man there's it's so important to even if you're not if you're an exotic keeper you know some people don't because they're a python guy you know cleavers don't do it for you i'm telling you dude if you if you still get out and you find a rat snake a rattlesnake you know any any of our local fauna it's it's gonna jazz you up dude I, i'm i get so i have yellow rats on yellow rats in my collection you know, I, I love them to death, but every single time I see a yellow rat in the field, I, I geek out like instantly. I'm so excited. I'm so hype. Like if you love if you love snakes, you love reptiles, you love herps. If you get getting out in the field and finding them is, is a feeling unlike any other. Like it's literally it's like my biggest like adrenaline rush finding oh. that finding that snake, finding that 
that lifer finding finding anything man like it doesn't matter i get psyched over anything i get psyched over water snakes you oh, know yeah. <laughs> like yeah everyone's so-called bycatch is literally my excitement for the day so exactly there like, is no, um, like, our, like we always talk about there is no bycatch no there is no bycatch it's all a fun experience and they're all you know creatures yeah. and reptiles so but we this is this podcast is really going to push getting people out in nature and exploring and learning your local fauna because you know there's there's more than just your carpet pythons your ball pythons all your exotic stuff there's more there's more to that and it'll go a long way if you learn about your local stuff you know it, it's really important to know to, to know what's around you you know in, in nature and everything you know yeah the more i've learned about reptiles and the more i've been in the hobby the last like five or six years you you start to see that there's correlations between, you know, all reptiles and animals on every continent. So don't get so boxed into the mindset where you think, oh, you know, I don't even keep animals from this continent. There's always going to be a parallel from this continent to the next. I promise you that you can it's 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 the more you start to notice it. It's crazy how much you see how everything is connected in this world. So there's always a reference point for everything. I mean, I use green and knoll activity to use as monitor reference i mean they're both lizards they both are diurnal species that rely on the same things to survive so they're gonna do similar habits and i mean people will just brush off anoles but if you look into anoles they're really such smart little lizards that are so inquisitive and in tune with their surroundings so it's once you take the time to become an old man bird watcher and just go out in nature and just actually sit around and watch a couple of lizards do something around a tree or something, you'll start to really, you know, get an essence for what's really going on and what you could bring back to your collection. And you'll start seeing stuff in your collection and it'll blow your mind and you'll be like, Oh my God, I need to do more. I need to add more. I need to let's keep going with this. How far can we push this? You know, next thing you know, you'll be like me and you got a jungle out in your backyard in your shed. And it's just a freaking lizard room where you just, play around all day <laughs> yeah man there's a there's a lot that goes into it and especially if you're if you're if you're somebody like me and you keep a lot of the stuff that you see locally it is it is so so important to get out and see natural behaviors of that stuff man like it's for one you know field herping is what got me kind of really back into keeping rat snakes and water snakes and just colubrid north american colubrids in general like herping is like what got me wanting to do that again you know and being able to find the stuff that you keep at your house is it's it's so cool and then you know paying attention to how how they act during you know certain times of the day you know and and the temperatures they're more active in that will tell you so much you know back in the day they used to say oh 90 degree hot spot and you know whatever ambient blah 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 and it, it, it's from guys that were field herping were like no i i don't think that super hot of a hot spot is very good because they're never when it's yeah. 90 degrees out they're off hiding somewhere because it's too hot exactly you know what i mean like that's how that's how we learn you know that's how a lot of people have learned this stuff not only obviously you pay attention to the animals in your collection you 
you watch their behaviors, but you know, going out in the field and seeing that stuff, you know, in the wild firsthand is it's invaluable, man. It, it really is. And that, that's just, that's such a, that's my, that's personally my biggest goal for this podcast is to just get people wanting to get outside. Yeah. Something, you know, it's, it's, it's so important, you know, and, and it's fun, man. You'll love it. You'll, you'll make great friends doing it. You know, there's, you know, me and Sky have have become very good friends, you know, and a lot of it has been harping, you know. Yeah. I think I, I harp with Sky more in 2023 than I did with Justin. He lifted, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we uh, killed it in 2023 for yeah. being, you know, in different states. Yeah, it was awesome, man, you know. So, and, I, and 2024 is going to be no different, you know. Oh, yeah, you, for sure. You, meet, you can meet some awesome people. And, and if you're if you're only a captive keeper, there, so there's like – there's the captive keeping side, there's the field herping side, and then there's like that kind of in between area that Sky and I fall, and a lot of our friends do. You know, if you, a lot of people that keep captively also get out in the field, but you know, it, it's kind of you're one or the other, you know, at, at times. And you know, there's definitely a lot of field herpers that are like, nope, no captive keeping whatsoever, and and that's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Another thing too, is once you get deep into the hobby, you get so consumed and a lot of us, you know, get over our head and we have a collection so big that we end up, you know, not having the time to go out and herp. And then when we do have time, you're so exhausted, you know, you come up with whatever reason in your head not to go out. So it's easy to get away from it, but you know, I know we've talked about it a bunch of times. We've just done it for, since we were kids. I mean, herping wasn't herping when I was a kid. We, we called it going out and looking for snakes and lizards <laughs> and it was never, I mean, I didn't even know. I mean, I'm a late, late, I grew up as a kid in the late nineties. So, I mean, I was catching snakes in the late nineties, early two thousands and it was never breeding was never even a thought. There was never even a thought of, Oh, I could catch a snake and catch another snake and have babies. That wasn't even, that was a completely different realm for me and, you know, my grandpa and my dad, it was more of, all right, we caught this snake in this area. What rocks and sticks and other elements could we grab from right here and hike back with us or bring with us and then build and replicate whatever kind of enclosure using those same elements. And then just make this crazy elaborate enclosure. Obviously I'm a kid. So my dad and my grandpa are helping me, but then, you know, I would literally come home and just be, glued to these enclosures watching these snakes or these lizards i mean i had every gopher king snake alligator lizard blue bear blue belly western fence lizard you could think of whip snakes so and all in crazy looking rock enclosures where you could because st- for me it wasn't like oh i just want to look at this thing i wanted to see what it was doing in the wild but i want to see this in my house every day and that was one way to achieve that was literally just recreating that little slice of nature and going out and seeing where these animals come from, even like I said, even if you're not keeping a native species, even if it's a species that's on a different continent, there's always a parallel. Go out to that wherever that parallel animal or creature it may be and just go out and do some herping and see what, you know, um, what's in the environment, what kind of wood, what kind of rocks, what kind of soil, what, you know, what are the temps, when are the suns hitting certain spots, when are they basking? I mean, one thing I uh, incorporated this last um, late summer and fall, I think it was, yeah, is because um, I noticed, you know, a lot of people or a lot of uh, 
these guys that will go out and herp and document it and everything over in Indonesia, you know, certain animals will have territories. I mean, everything's got its own spot and its own territory, right? It's not just going to be constantly on the move going somewhere. So it's, if it's a, if it's got its own area, it's going to have a pattern. So the, as the sun goes through the sky throughout the day, it's going to hit different things and different blockers and say a certain basking area only appears for a certain amount of time at a couple different periods throughout the day. And I noticed that, you know, I have one local Jake's been to it. I have a local herping spot that I go to all the time. And when I've hit it hard, I see that there's always, you know, the same animals in the same spots, lizards wise and everything. And you'll see them in the mornings and in the afternoons and whenever the suns are hitting a certain spot. So this year I decided, you know, let me test out my basking spots and I'll have them on for a certain amount of time and break it up throughout the day. And sure enough, after a couple of weeks, you see these lizards adapt to that and they totally change their activity periods to where they're active in between those lights. And then as soon or as soon as those lights are about to kick on or right before, they're right back up to that spot because they know, OK, the sun's going to come out. So just to think that if an animal is living in a certain area and it has a territory, it's going to be so tuned in with when that sun's in a certain area with who with maybe if there's a bug trail that's in the area. I mean, it's so crazy how connected everything is and how much you could look into one little certain aspect of life and just take little bits and pieces and bring it back to your collection and apply it. And you're going to learn and see stuff that you'd never think you'd see before or that you'd be like, OK, it's not even going to realize that I did this. It'll still just be laying there when it lay there before. No, it's attitude, behavior, and everything will change accordingly. It's it's pretty mind blowing. Yeah, it's it's insane, man. You know that getting out there it, it can really change your perspective on everything you do in captivity, and it's just it, it, it's the best, man. You know, for for somebody like me. Growing up, all I had was field herping. At least when I was a younger child, I couldn't keep you know, snakes in my house. I had a couple of leopard geckos and stuff like that, but I couldn't keep snakes. The only way I saw snakes were at somebody else's house or finding them, you know? So that was my, my way to be involved and get my hands on this stuff and, and, and see it in its natural habitat. And it's just, it's amazing, man. I know there's still going to be people out there like that who can't keep snakes. You know, somebody, somebody may not be able be in the situation to keep snakes, personally whether it be finances kids whole nine whatever you know it, it but that's still it's still a way for you to be a part of it you know and yeah. it, it's it's such a it's such a great thing and there's there's not enough people that that do it enough you know like it, it's just it, i think it's so important to get out there and just learn about your local fauna and I think it's definitely a fading thing. It's, it's kind of phasing out. And, you know, now there is people that, you know, document their herping adventures. So now we have a whole era of people that just sit at home and watch their herping adventures online. So, yeah, yeah you know, absolutely. it's, and we're not sitting saying, if you don't herp, you're a bad person. That, that's not at all what we're getting at. I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that I'm not, I'm saying, you know, if you have the opportunity to do it, do it. You know, you won't, you won't regret it. You know, you might spend, I have spent hours on hours on hours in the woods, sweating my butt off and not finding a damn thing. But you know yeah. what? I tried, I tried. 
Then there's that one time to where you walk up on that six foot mud snake just sitting there and it's it makes everything worth it. I promise you. I promise you. I've driven for hours. I've hiked for miles. And the second you find that one thing, it makes it all worth it. It is just it is so awesome and is all worth it. Yeah. You even have, even have when we're out in the woods getting skunked, you know, we always still try to remind ourselves like, hey, we're out in the woods. We're in nature. We're having a good time. So there's really we got nothing to complain about. Yeah. So you yeah, always I mean, remind yourself of that. Like, yeah, you're in yeah. nature. There's really nothing to complain about. The other thing is, you know, let's, you know, for one, being in nature, let's be grateful we still have that, you know, and then along that same line, you know, it sounds negative, but it, it's, it's true. We don't know how long a lot of these natural resource areas are going to be there. You know, it, it's unfortunate, but it's a fact. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of places and a lot of people that preserve these things. And, you know, we, we love, we love those organizations, those people that do it, but, you know, take advantage of being able to get out and see it while we still can, you know, yeah. it, it's sad and it sucks to think about, but it's a fact and we need, we need to get out there and, and yeah. see what we have while we still can, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, the development in Florida right now is crazy. So, I mean, it's just where I grew up, there's places that I used to hike around and stuff that are now like shopping centers and parking lots. So it's pretty, exactly. it's pretty sad. Um, before I forget, cause I keep looking over, we got some, we got all the homies in the chat, you know, I'm tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. What's up guys? Dusted Jack, you know, Chris, Chaz, everyone, Scott, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. We're stoked on this first uh, episode that we're bringing to you. It's probably going to just be us kind of rambling about what this show is going to be about this first one, but you know, we definitely want to get some guests on here to talk about what you guys have seen out in the field and, we also want to just go over like some crazy stories of, you know, like what's the craziest thing that's happened to us in the field or like, you know, what's a, have we had a near death experience or, you know, what is, have we ever saved anyone or saved an animal or, you know, we want to hear what people have experienced out in the field. I know, you know, me and Jake personally have said, we, we got a couple stories we want to say for the pod to tell. So, you know, yeah. uh, we just want to say thank you guys. And, we, you know, we're seeing you in the chat. We're kind of rambling right now, but we just want to, you know, get uh, get the idea of what this whole this whole pod's going to be yeah. about and let you guys know what the dealio is. And, you know, we want to we want to keep the herp thing going. Chaz Ewing, if you guys don't follow him, he's doing a cool thing. We got his second annual herp trip we got coming up here in a couple months. And, you know, if you guys got a group of friends that are kind of spread out in a region, that's something you could do. Get a little herp uh, trip set up. Everyone kind of planted a few months out, get an area that maybe someone knows or has been to a couple times and go out there with your friends. We did it last year. It was one of the coolest, most fun weekends we've ever had. Jake, I mean, me and Jake got there on day two. We got there the morning of day two. I, I was so mad about that, especially after everybody told me. I was like, God. Yeah, we, we get there and hear about all the festivities of night one and day one and all this stuff. But Jake redeemed us, thankfully, within like the first 10 minutes of us being out Not there. Oh, two boy. Two minutes, dude. Okay, like 10 minutes of us being with the oh, group. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. All right. Like, it was like 30 seconds of us getting to our little hike spot. 
And Jake just pulls up this beautiful Eastern chain king, completely made the trip for me, for him, I'm sure. I mean, I was running on like two hours of sleep, just drove eight hours. I know he had drove far. So we were like, let's go, Herp. Let's go hang with the boys. And it was just an all out day of fun. We saw a lot of cool stuff on that trip. I know one thing um, I wanted to bring up that I thought was a pretty crazy um, observation while we were out there is when we were in that kind of floodplain area that looked like it had just recently got hit with some floods where we were seeing all those turtle shells and everything where it looked like everything had got like drowned out and crushed. And we were all kind of just like wondering like, man, it looked like everything just got sweeped out. Like the turtles couldn't even make it out. Nothing. And, um, me and one of our buddies, Brett, we were walking through all the mush and, uh, sure enough, there was a Midland water snake head high chilling up in a little nook in a tree. And it just made me realize, you know, like how resilient and how cool these snakes are that you think, Oh, it's just a water snake. It just hangs out in the water and on the bank when this thing was dang near seven foot in the air, chilling in a tree, making sure it wasn't getting washed away by the flood. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't know that unless you're out in the field looking and you wouldn't know that. I mean, if you hear water snake, you just think, oh, a snake lives in water. Well, guess what, people? They climb trees. <laughs> you, better, you better go put some trees in your enclosure. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's the type of stuff, man. That's why that's why to me, like I, I really anytime I find something, it, it's very like I, I really I probably think into it too much. But it's also like, you know, for that, it, for your example of that Midland, it's like if you wouldn't have been in that exact spot at that time and just so happened to look up, well, the you thing never was, would have seen it. You we know, wouldn't have even like, seen it if uh, Brent wouldn't have slipped into the mud pit that he was slipping into. <laughs> and as he slipped, he yelled ah! and reached his hand out for a tree. And where he braced his hand on the tree, I turned my head because I heard a yelping. And I looked and I'm like, wait a minute, bro, do not move your hand. There is a water snake right there in the tree. And we were just, you know, like, like you said, just that random time and place in the universe where if he wouldn't have screamed like a girl slipping into the mud, we wouldn't have found the water snake. And, you know, same thing with the king snake. When I, when I found that king snake, that's like the second king snake I've ever found, like in the wild. And again, this goes to, if you don't do it, you won't know. I drove like four and a half hours to get there. And that one, we found several snakes. You know, I got my, my life or black rat, you know, that King snake, you know, you found the, the, uh, Midlands. That was the first one I'd seen in the wild, you know, but again, it goes to that whole, if you don't try, you're, it's never going to happen. You know, if you don't get out there and do it, you won't like, it's just, it's never going to happen. You can say, Oh, I want to see this. I want to see that. But if you don't try, I don't care how hard it is. I don't care if you're looking for the rarest snake in South Carolina or Florida or wherever you're at. If you don't get out there and make an effort to do it, it's not going to happen. So I could have drove. I took the chance of driving four and a half hours to possibly find absolutely nothing. But it was worth it. One hundred percent. Even if I didn't find anything, I'm sitting there making memories with some of my favorite people in this entire world. Oh, yeah. And and that's what it's about, man. Like it, it is it's infectious and i promise you i promise you once you start and you really get going you get into it you're it's it's addicting man you're not gonna be able to stop you know it's so much fun it's so great especially if you find like a group of people that you like like to do it with 
it, it's it changes everything you know going going down the sea sky and our buddy preston you know they, they've kind of become my my florida crew for for herping and it's 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 so much fun and there's been time yeah i don't think we've ever gotten completely skunked anytime i've gone down to you which is fantastic yeah. you know but there's always that chance and uh, scott yeah. Iper said in the chat because you don't find herps in hotel rooms and exactly you're, you're damn right you don't you don't find them yeah your snake room you you can do your do your room herping that's always fun especially for smitty when a snake gets out um, <laughs> But you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna see this stuff if you don't get out there and do it, man. And I promise you, there is nothing like getting out in the field and finding a big old rattlesnake, man. Oh, dude, that oh, is yeah. that is like one of that's one of the ultimates for me. Getting out there and just finding, you know, a five, six foot, you know, cane break rattlesnake. You know, I found a mon it was a it was dead, unfortunately, but I found this monster pygmy in the spot. And, you know, I always want, and that's another thing. If you don't spend time in these areas, you don't know what's going to be there. I, I went to the spot and I always wonder, I wonder if there's pygmies out here. And unfortunately it was dead. It was the biggest pygmy rattlesnake I've ever seen in my life. But now you know, but, but now I know they're there. Now I've got a spot to go find pygmies at. And, exactly. and that, and that's fantastic, man. You know, you got to hit these spots. I don't care if you've been there a hundred times before, go again. You probably yeah. you might see something you never have. And That's why you learn something every single time you go out. Well, yeah, yeah, if you, I like hitting spots more than you know a dozen times because yeah. honestly, for me, I've I've gone to a spot and got nothing ten times, and then on the eleventh time, yeah. had a, an immaculate day. So it's just like for me, I think doing the research and you know going back, and it's like that one spot we always go to. It's like I've probably been there well over a hundred times now yeah. and have i got something every time i've been there no but i've got probably a dozen or more heavy hitting good catches out yeah. there now including some good species you know coach whips corals eastern diamondbacks um pygmies i mean uh, yellow rats i mean so it's not like i'm out there just seeing a couple of water snakes i've got the chance to put in i got the reward so it's yeah. like I feel like you definitely can't give up on a place, you know, only go into it one or two times, check yeah. it out at different times of the day, different times of the year. I mean, like I said, the whole light cycle experiment that I did, I only, I only learned that and tried that because I had been back to a herping spot so many times that I started to notice cycles in certain animals that I had seen so many times. And it's like, oh, well, I mean, Hey, you know, you're not yeah. going to like you do, like we keep saying, you're not going to know that unless you're out there and you see yeah. it and you do it. So and I'll give you a perfect example of that. I've got a WMA that I frequent, you know, every, every year I go there several times. One of my favorite spots. It's beautiful. That's another thing, guys support your local WMAs. Like that is, that's, that's really important. You know, those wildlife management areas, go there, check them out, explore them. They're fantastic. Um, but I went to this spot all the time but i always went like on the weekends i'd go midday whatever and i started going there like yeah moon phases and air pressure changes you know follow those you know those yeah. are those are really important to follow but at this spot i always walked this it's called it's called a cross dike it's basically an area that you can walk or or <laughs> yeah jack knows uh, you can walk or, you know, drive, whatever, but it's basically <laughs> an area to walk between two, you know, bodies of water. 
And I went there to walk across to the other side to go look for this, you know, for rattlesnakes on the other side. And I happened to go there after work and I found like three cotton mouths, like back to back to back on this, on this cross dike. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Never, never once seen a cotton mouth out here, you know? And then, so I, I kept that in the back of my head and I was like, I wonder if this is like a cue if around this time of day, they come out right here. Sure enough, like three times in a row, I went there right after work and it's cottonmouth after cottonmouth after cottonmouth on this, on this, you know, cross like that was probably three, 400 yards long, you know, and it's just, it's those, those little cues that you can pick up on, man, you know, of certain spots. And again, I had never once seen a snake on this cross like the hundred times I've been there before, but I just so happened to go there at this time of the year, at this time of day. And they're there. And now it's almost for me, again, right time of year, right time of day. It's almost a guaranteed spot for Cottonmouth for me now. So it's, it's, it's kind of like the spot I took you or me and Preston took you to for the, the guaranteed brown. When yeah, you, dude. Like, <laughs> that's a locked on spot for me now. I think I've yeah. put like I've put three or four different people on a brown there. Like it's yeah, almost dude. like and we've like moved a couple of them, so it's not the same ones. It's just they're super abundant in that yeah. one spot. And like you go there at the right times. There's like two or two or times out of the day where you go there and they're there every time, yeah. almost on a certain rock. Like Yeah, how about that? Cool. How about that snag though when I when I grabbed it? Yeah, was, you're gonna we're gonna have to put that as a short on the on the flipping tin page or something. I, you didn't yeah, video, yeah. you didn't video it when I caught it though. That was the that was the bad. Oh, thing. that's right. We got mad at Preston yeah. for not getting the video. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I thought I was going in the water like immediately. I was like, that rock I'm about to jump on from the yeah. shore looks real slippery, but uh, you know. There was like a, for a little mental image, there was a, a <laughs> steep embankment with a river. And then there was like a couple little green pebble top rocks. And then there was a nice big boulder and there was a brown water snake chilling on the top of the boulder. And uh, Jake really needed to get hands on it. So I like scooted across to a little rock behind the rock. and was like, all right, bro, I'm your backup, bro. I got you and the snake if something goes bad. And that man just freaking... Skipped across those rocks and yeah, yeah, I freaking <laughs> had that water snake fast and you could say Shibuya. So yeah, man, that was that was awesome, man. And man. then he had you. Then it was just all over. Oh, it was just he would lighten you up for a whole five minutes. Freaking, he was, I was bleeding all over the place after that thing, man. Yeah. But I loved every second of it. You know, that it was, was awesome. Yeah, man, it's so much fun. And, and that's the other thing, man, just the memories, you know, especially if you have people you do this with the memories that you can create with the people that you harp with are next next to none. I mean, you know, yeah. whether it be Jack standing on a truck and a bug flies in his eye or, <laughs> or I'm jumping on rocks to catch a water snake or, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's never there. not a total roast show, laugh fest, <laughs> freaking just having a good time the whole time. We're eating good. We're joking around, you know. I mean, yeah. it's never – it's always a good time. Yeah. That, I mean, the I, one thing I'm looking forward to with this Herb trip is uh, the after party with the boys at whoever's house we're staying at. That was the one thing at uh, the Herb trip with Chaz's. We had a sleepover after party at Chaz's house with his collection and all the dude, boys. All, and all the laughs, dude. That dude, was, I that think, was, that I was almost just as fun. Like, yeah, I, I had a cramp the next day driving home from laughing and crying <laughs> so hard the night before to the point where I was like yelling at Jack to stop. Like, stop <laughs> making me laugh. I can't. I'm crying. This hurts. Please. Like, 
Like yeah. I remember like thinking I I told him before we fell asleep, I was like, bro, I haven't had a night like this where I was just literally laughing my head off with the boys, like yeah. uncontrollably yeah. since like high school, to where it was like you're at your school desk about to pee your pants, like trying to be quiet, like <laughs> don't make a noise. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. uh it's you can't, it doesn't get better than that, man. It does not get better than that. And it's so and funny because, like, you look, you know, like a Chaz uh, commented earlier, he said, Jake and I missed so many turtles right before you found that water snake, slow hands. And um, it's so funny because, like, people watching you will just think you're a psychopath sitting there, like, leaning over the water and your hand up trying to grab, you know, this little turtle out of the water, you know. But those are those are what makes the makes the day, man. Like, yeah. all that stuff was so much fun. And man, I can't believe we didn't snag one of those turtles, Chaz. I'm still I'm still mad about that. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, how did we not nab one of those little turtles, man? But try we're trying to get one. We're trying to get one for Jack. He should have been over there. He would have he probably would have snagged one. Yeah, you guys didn't have the major the master cooter snatcher over there, old <laughs> old Jack Oliver himself. That's right, man. <laughs> Jack said that bug caused life threatening damage. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shout out to Jack, man. He yeah, had my back. Dude. Man. Jack's AAA, bro. I freaking locked my keys in my car that night, too. Jack saved oh, me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I gotta leave in four hours and drive home. And uh, my keys are locked in my car. Jack's like, don't worry, bro. I got you. AAA's on the way. Yeah, dude. And and Jack, you wouldn't dude, have I, that unless you had herping buddies. See why you got right. all herping? That's right. And see, that's that's also, also a huge shout out to Jack, dude, because that yeah, obviously I made a joke about the bug in his eye, but dude, I'm telling you that man, his eye was swollen, all kinds of red, like it was bothering him all weekend. But that dude just roughed it all all weekend with that dude. I mean, he he pulled it out and uh, you know, major props and you know that's that's also something that you just got to deal with when you're when you're out there, man. You're gonna fall, bust your knee up, hit your head, get hit in the hit in the eye with a bug, you know, all this stuff. You know, there's. There's so much that can happen, and but you gotta once you're out there, man. None of that, none of that really matters. That's more of a, all right. I'll deal with this when I get back home. But I, I gotta go. I gotta go find that king snake. Gotta go find that water snake. Gotta go. Yeah. Gotta go find it, man. You know, it's it's great. You'll be out there soaked, soaked to the bone and sweat. Your socks are wet because you stepped in you know, a puddle that sank. Out. You'll lose your shoe like I did. And yeah. You pulled you out my shoe from the mud. <laughs> I got your bag, dude. Yeah, I actually got. I, I I just got some some new some new boots specifically for herping, and uh, I've been wearing them in a little bit. They're waterproof and all that, so I'm I'm good to go on that front. Now I'm not going to lose my shoe again. Hell yeah, um, yeah, not the hokas, bro. Not the hokas. Losing man. the hokas in the freaking mud, bro. Dude, that was down there, bro. And I, oh <laughs> my, I got it. Never mind. It's it's actually in there. <laughs> yeah, I went to hop across this thing, and one foot landed, and it sunk down to my ankle. And I went to pull it out, and off came my shoes. So I'm sitting there with a sock soaking wet now, and it was it was a time, dude. It was it was fun. I will yeah. say you gotta you gotta watch out for little uh, muddy creeks like that that look, oh, yeah. um, that look like they won't do nothing to yeah, you. They look solid. Quick, quick little offset story, really quick. This is a good one. This is a herping story. So me and my buddy are down in the Everglades, and we're looking for chameleons, and we're right across this little nookway of what looked like a dried out little waterway on the side of the road, and my boy's like, "Oh, all right, I'm gonna run across the ditch." And then you throw me all the poles and everything, and then you come across. 
And we're like, all right, good. Well, homeboy goes to what looked like run across some mud and some land. <laughs> as soon as he got in the middle of the ditch, he was chest deep in like poopy you oh, know, runoff side of the road, mud water, goop. I mean, it was dark out, so we couldn't see, but it was actually just like straight mush. And <laughs> it turned from all right, we were chameleon hunting to yeah, we're we're will hunting right now. We got to get this boy out of the mud, and then yeah. yeah, then he had to ride back in my car, all covered in poop. So it was freaking horrible. But yeah, it's that's that's a part of it, man. Yeah, you know, those are but we, those we are the talk about it all mean. the time. To this day, I'm like, hey man, you want to go chameleon hunting? We'll go hop the ditch. He's just like. I'm like, come on, dude. That was a good one. That was a good story. We're never yeah. gonna forget that. Yeah. No, man. It's it's obviously we we can't we can't talk about it enough, man. You know, that's this all these stories we're talking about now is exactly why we wanted to do this. And you know, Sky's like like I said, I hurt Sky lives in a different state, and I hurt with him probably more than anybody else you know which is wild he's five hours from me but damn if we don't make it happen you know so it's a good it's, time man we don't have a bad time is. and we no. like you said i'm gonna knock on wood really quick but you know i mean we haven't we haven't been skunked let me no. knock on some real wood <laughs> let me let me do it over here. Yeah. <laughs> you know but and even though even if it did man you know again it's all about the memories you make in the process dude you know you can you know i had a I had a grand old time with Preston getting, yeah, we, we had Preston and I, so Preston's our other buddy that lives down in Florida towards sky now. And I, I went and stayed with him. This was in, was it November? No, no, uh, uh, beginning of December. Yeah. Beginning of December. And yeah, we, this was December in Florida and still managed to find stuff, you know, and, if every we hit so much habitat, me and Preston were wading through, you know, shin deep water and gator infested, you know, lake and trying to find something. The water was cold as all get out, you know, and it's just it's just fun, man. You know, didn't find a damn thing over there. We managed to turn up a pygmy somewhere else, you know. It's like you know, again, it, it's something, man. You know, yeah. and I was psyched about that pygmy. Oh, dude, dude I'm always stoked. Oh for man, pygmy, yeah, mean. every time, dude, every time. You know, and again, if you don't, if you don't get out there and try, it, it's never going to happen. You know, so if you got, if you got a species that you would just love to see in the wild, even if it's not in North America, dude, you know, set, set your eyes, you know, set your mind on doing it and do whatever you can to make it happen. doesn't matter if it takes, it takes two months, five years, 10 years, whatever. If you have your mind set on doing something making something happen, finding the species, go do it find a way to make it happen and it's it's unreal dude you know especially if you go out saying i want to find this and you do it the accomplishment the the accomplishment that you feel doing that is dude it just it gets you going man and once you makes you want to do it more and just get out and oh yeah make it happen man you know and, it's like when we found that brown water snake, it was like we went there to find a brown water snake and then we found it and yeah. we were geeking out over was, a brown water snake. Yeah, <laughs> we were like sitting there so undecided. We're like, all right, here's our time frame. We're going to go road cruising at this time. We got like this two hour period. Jake, Jake hasn't seen a water snake. He wants to see a water snake. <laughs> Preston's like, bro, let's go to this spot. I'm go like, all right, spot. Jake, let's go to the spot. You ready, bro? This might work. And yeah, we, we actually, because we had went there, actually in a better time of the year, we went to that same spot. 
and didn't find anything. So I was like, yeah. ah, you know, yeah, you're like, ah. <laughs> meanwhile, right there, there he was chilling on the walk. <laughs> then, uh, Scott Iper said he fell 20 foot down a waterfall when a tree snapped crossing a creek. Good Lord, man. Okay. That's, that's insane. He said, but save the camera and got the gecko, baby. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. That's, that's, like, the, that's about. like the drunken man story. Oh, he fell off the roof, but he didn't drop his beer. For that's that's what. So I obviously I didn't fall, you know, 20 foot down a waterfall. That's um, fortunately that's never happened. But, you know, there's been times where like, you know, there's one time because I lived in Texas for a short period and um, down there, the big Nerodia were diamondback water snakes and finding those was awesome i went to this specific pond and find them all over the place and i found this one that was sitting up on a log and so i, I was crawling down into it or towards it to try and get it It was kind of in the water so i got to the edge and i reached out and this thing started to pile off the log mind you i didn't i had no idea how big this thing was you know what diamondback water snakes get fairly large oh yeah i mean huge and you know i'm about i'm like five nine five ten on a good day i guess and um so i went and grab i grabbed it as it was falling off the log and i pulled it up and this thing was as long as i was tall and it fell on me as i fell into the pond you know and i'm grabbing this thing it's biting me left and right you know and but i came falling out of the bushes you know with this just massive just dinosaur of a water snake you know and it was one of the coolest things ever you know you're gonna get messy you're gonna get dirty but man that's oh, the yeah. fun part yeah you know just don't die that's <laughs> scott <laughs> don't be falling down 20 foot waterfalls <laughs> but hey you gotta risk it for the biscuit you know you gotta you gotta make that make that grab man it's 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 part of it the the most yeah. uh reckless i could say grab i ever did for a snake it was um back in 2020 when I was still volunteering for the Python program down in South Florida. And you just kind of get so locked in on what your task at hand is. And, you know, you're out there for hours, you know, shining a light at some canals in the woods, looking for any sliver of scale or Python pattern to, you know, tell the driver to stop the vehicle so you guys can go out and try to grab it. And um, this was like three or four in the morning. I'm like, teary eyed barely blinking you know <laughs> looking uh, in the back of this truck and i see the tail end of a python slipping into the everglades so i literally jump out of the bed of the truck before i can even stop and i'm not even thinking about what i'm about to do and i'm it's like i said it's three or four in the morning i'm in the middle of the everglades completely alligator infested waters i mean when you're not seeing python stuff you're just seeing water with glowing red eyes I mean, there's literally alligators by the thousands down there. So I just completely negate all the fact of that. I'm just thinking on task at hand, grab this python, and I just beeline straight in the water, dive for this thing to the point where by the time I like realized what I was doing, I was in the water with both my hands on the tail of this python, and I'm like laying on my belly to my knees in this water, and I kind of like pull my head out of the water and go, Oh, wait a minute. Now I'm in gator infested <laughs> waters. Like, with a giant python. With, with a giant python thrashing around and gators come to thrashing noises. So it's just like, yeah, you kind of get lost in the hunt sometimes, but that's the coolest part of it is like you're so lost <laughs> into your target species. You could almost put yourself in right in the line of death. And which then I've done. 
then Scott comes in, make us all sound like a bunch of wussies. He says, waiting in mangroves, chasing snakes with salties is fucking hairy. And uh, yeah, yeah, you win. I'm going to send you a video yeah. of me waiting in the middle of the Everglades where we lost GPS coordinates in blip location. So we were just spinning around in circles <laughs> when everything looked exactly the same for miles. And there was a few points where we did fall into some water that was pretty deep. And uh, yeah, so it was, I'd say it was pretty comparable to that. I was uh, shiting myself. And by the time we finally got our blip location on the GPS to pick back up, you know, we were like a mile off course, but we were alive <laughs> and happy. We got location back. That's, that's all that matters, baby. Yeah. You know? We're not yeah. going to die. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Definitely got to be careful out there, you know, especially when you get deep, deep into the woods. You know, you'll lose track of time, lose track of where you're going. And, you know, it's always good to have some type of GPS on you just to try and, you know, try and get back if, if you get lost out there. Luckily, if you spend enough time in the woods, you're probably pretty good navigating your way out. I, I tell everybody, you can stick me in the middle of the woods and I'll probably get out. But you put me in a city with street names and stuff. I'm not I'm going to sit there in a fetal position and wait for somebody to pick me up. You know, yeah. like, having a seizure. I, yeah, no, I can't. Can't well, can't do that. But. Well, we're talking about the um, the GPS, which. Uh, awesome piece of equipment would be yes. a, a global GPS. You know, that would be awesome. I know one of the things you were wanting to talk about and kind of hit on was some stuff you could bring or some items yeah. you could have while out with Herb. And maybe we can go over some stuff yeah. like that really quick and hit on that. So to also segueing into that, um, one thing that we're going to be doing is like for, uh, that's why we created a separate Instagram, you know, for this is, is we want, we want a lot of engagement. And, um, so we're going to be asking a lot of questions on our page. And so everybody who's already commented on our stuff, when we ask questions, we, we thank you so much. It's something we're going to do very, very regularly. We want to involve people who are listening, you know, as much as possible, you know? Um, so I'm going to go over some stuff cause I, I made a post asking about equipment. We had, you know, several comments on it, what people like to bring. So I'm going to go over that, but that's something we're going to do regularly. So if you, if you see us post a question, if you have, you know, a, a, an opinion, you know, something you do, whatever it is, comment on the post, message us, whatever. So we can talk about it in the show, you know, because we're, we're two guys, you know, and, and something somebody said in one of these gave me like, Oh God, that's actually a really good thing that I should probably have. Um, so we've already talked about the GPS. I think that's a great one. Some type of, some type of GPS on you, you know, that's, you know, your phones work great, but service only goes so far. So, you know, especially when you're out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. So yeah, try to have, try to have it on your phone. Yeah. Make sure you're somewhere where you could still right near a cell phone tower, because once you, that's, it's completely useless. I can promise you that I'll send you videos that I took with a, with a serviceless cell phone, trying yeah. to find my way back home. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to go. So let's go over a few things um, on this post. Jack said alcohol. Don't probably don't do that. Uh, leave that for the afterwards. Cause that's a real good way to get lost. Um, but something. So the big one that Ryan Cox said, you know, a few people had some overlap and we'll go over those. 
but a big one uh ryan cox commented on was um a med kit that has benadryl and you know stuff like that you know that that's a big one that i feel like a lot of us lack on is having a good medical kit you know in case something does go wiry you know having you know something to do you know a, a tourniquet you know something to stuff a wound you know a lot of stuff can happen out there man you know so have be prepared for something like that you don't think it's going to happen to you till it does and then you're fucked so yeah. just when you're thinking of a first aid kit you know you got to not just think oh, i don't need a first aid kit for a snake bite or something like that this is a first aid kit for okay i just rolled my ankle stepping over this log or this rock so now I need to ace bandage up or wrap up my leg or my ankle so I can make it back to the car. So I got some sort of brace or say you cut your arm or your leg or some part of your body on a sharp piece of granite or rock or limestone. And now you got this stinging wound that is now just going to be leeching and hurting you till you can find whatever, you know, you need a good cleaning substance. Like yeah. Jake said, something to pack it with something to cover it with, you know, that's going to be key because now you're going to be out in the wild with it open and susceptible to be getting some sort of infection and slowing you down depending on where you're at and how yeah. long you're going to be out there. You don't want that. Yeah. And if you got a good walk, man, you know, that's hard, especially if you're by yourself, you know, that that's a, that's a really big thing. That's something that I try and I try to not go too far by myself for that exact reason. You know, I hurt by myself all the time. You know, a lot of it's road cruising, but I don't go too, too far when I'm, alone be just just for that reason you know you break your ankle and you it, if you break your ankle out you know five miles from your truck you're gonna have a real fun time crawling back there you know and if you don't have phone service you're not gonna be able to call anybody you know like you, yeah. you can't so uh, th these types of things are important and it's things to think about you know again you, you don't think it's gonna happen to you until it does and, and i can tell you firsthand it sucks maybe not getting lost or hurt in that way but the mindset of oh this won't happen and then it does and all of a sudden you don't know what to do so yeah ryan thank you so much for saying that i'm gonna work on some type of first small first aid kit to keep in a backpack and that's the other thing guys it doesn't have to you can have a more elaborate one in your truck you know that that's great but have something small these things can be small you know packing stuff to pack a wound it it Amazon sells a good blue yeah. first aid kit. It comes in a blue pack. Yeah, it's about small. yay big, and it has everything you need. Tons and of stuff. Small, you know, the, these things, they, they pack light. You know, it, it's easy to bring on you, but it's something a lot of people look over, so be thinking of that. <laughs> Chris Montross said, if you break your ankle alone without service, you have a damn good story for years. Embrace it. Oh, God. So, yeah, that is true, but give yourself a better chance of getting out there a little easier. <laughs> you know, so we're here we, for survival. All right. <laughs> we want to we want to survive what whilst finding these awesome animals. So keep that in mind. Um, so, you know, first aid kit, that's a big one. It's something I'm going to work on, you know, this season, trying to get something to, to put in a backpack, you know, whether it's something you put together yourself or you buy a kit off Amazon something is better than nothing yeah um sure. and then probably the most popular piece of equipment was oh and that's the other thing he said somebody said beasting kits i meant to bring that up if you're allergic to something like that make sure you have an epi pin good for the love of god you know if you're that allergic to something you probably will 
But even if you're mildly allergic, you know, have an EpiPen with you because you don't you don't know what's going to happen out there. You know, keep keep one on you at all times, you know. And then if you're if you're herping with people, tell them. No, we're not. I have, I've been ignoring that because that's the second time I've gotten that comment. I, I'm ignoring that one. Um, but, you know, if you're herping with people and you have an allergy like that, tell them please like make sure everybody knows like if you have some type of allergy or whatever it is you know medical condition you know if you have heart problems anything like that tell the people you're with you know if this happens do this you know my EpiPen's right here or if i pass out because my heart doesn't work that great you know do this do that whatever make sure people are aware of those conditions that you have. So everybody's aware, everybody's on the same page. Somebody, everybody knows what to do if something goes south. So make sure that's, that's there. Um, but moving on, uh, the other thing that a lot of people said was a headlamp and that's actually something I need to add, you know, a headlamp. I don't have a actual headlamp. I have a flashlight. Flashlight goes with me everywhere. They can kind of kind of go in the same, you know, a headlamp or flashlight. But I think a headlamp especially is going to be more important. Again, that's something I'm adding to my pack this year is a, a good headlamp. You know, having your hand, both hands, you know, available while still being able to see, that's going to be a really good thing. Um, Mr. Scott Iper asked about what kind of brands people were using. Um, we had a few that people recommended sky recommended a phoenix uh, so he's heard a lot of good reviews about it which let me hit on that really quick while you say that one i didn't know you're going to bring it up off rip but i've heard a lot of herpers around the world mention phoenix and um i had connor hit me up saying that he's used phoenix and when he was using it it did get hot after a while and started to get to like a you know an uncomfortable heat temperature which you know, after I put a lot of thought into it, I th- every good light that there is out there, even if it's a flashlight or whatever, they're going to get hot after a while. So I wonder if there's, you know, maybe an update or something that they could do with those. Or maybe if there is a headlamp out there that has built-in fans or even the little fan neck brace kits or headband kits. You could always maybe, par- as ridiculous as it sounds, depending on where you're herping or what you're doing, it could keep your headlamp cool and possibly keep bug at, bugs out of your eyes. So not sure how long you'd be wearing your headlamp for if it'd be getting to a scorching temperature. I haven't preferably had the Phoenix yet. I do want to try one because of all the reviews, but mm-hmm. apparently it does have a little bit of a temperature tendency of long yeah. use. And another one that Dustin put in the chat, but he also commented on our post was uh, coast. Um, that's another one I looked into today. Uh, those have really positive reviews. So if you're looking for a good headlamp, it seems like Phoenix and Coast uh, are some pretty good brands. I'm getting one of them. Um, I'm going to look into both. Uh, Coast Coast seemed a little bit more cost efficient for more lumens. Um, you know, just for, just from the short research I did on them both, um, whether you know that means anything or not, I don't know. Uh, but I know for with Coast, you can get a brighter light for the same cost as a lower one with phoenix so okay something to look into 
Um, you know, I, again, I don't know what that means. I've never personally used a headlamp. I don't like wearing headlamps because it's something else on my head. And plus I'm always wearing a hat. So it just kind of gets in the way, but I sky, you always have a headlamp on you. I'm always using a flashlight. So I definitely see the, the use that comes from an actual headlamp versus a flashlight, but have your flashlight on you anyways, you know, cause your, I, headlamp, I, your I, headlamp only goes where your head turns. So have yeah. a flashlight on you to, you know, be able to scope around. I definitely like the both, but I literally talk with my hands. So if I have a flashlight in my hands, you're going to be, that's how I like the headlamp. And like you're saying, if you get into a sticky situation, you need to drop the flashlight or something. You at least still got something on your dome piece to keep you lit up. And Chaz, Chaz said he opted for headlamps. They use replaceable batteries over rechargeable. Uh, Chaz, there are, like Dustin says, um, the coast, you can charge it or you can have batteries, which I think that would be the best option if you're looking for a good headlamp you know so use get get one that can take both so charge it up and you have that and if it dies while you're out keep some batteries in your pack they'll put some batteries in there you're good to go you know so i think both ways is would be really good so you know just keep that in mind and scott said brighter is not always better and i think that's a good point um for sure for several reasons so you know um Definitely, definitely do some research. Try, try a few out, you know, see what you like. If you like one that's brighter, you know, get some cheaper ones, try one that's brighter, one that's not and pick what, what you want and then invest in a good one. Cause a good light goes a long, long way. Um, so definitely. I think we, I think between me and you, uh, we should, uh, get one of either brand and yeah, uh, compare them personally and maybe even trade them off and see what we think just yeah. so we can get some personal opinions out there too. And That's I've been good. wanting to get a Phoenix. Um, uh, my buddy Aiden, he's been preaching to me to get a couple different models. So, but those in the coast, that would be cool to check out. Clearly they seem like the two top picks. So. Yeah, for sure. So definitely, uh, definitely look into some of those. And I think that's something that we could also do with this is if people have differing brands, let, let's get them both and let's try them out and do like a product review on it, you know, just, just to help everybody else out if they're struggling with the same thing. Um, so, you know, a lot of people right now are saying batteries, you know, I, I like the idea of batteries as well for actual in the field, but I also would like the rechargeable aspect that way overnight you can charge it, have it ready to go. But then if it if it can take batteries as well, I think that would be a definitely a useful thing. I wouldn't from my personal experience, the battery ones definitely last longer and are more powerful. The rechargeable ones yeah. seem to have that slow die out where it's just like yeah. slowly takes longer to charge, dies faster, doesn't get as bright. Like Scott said, just take two. So that's, that's uh, yeah. And that's that's actually another thing. It's not bad to have extra of any of this stuff you know so if you could take extra take extra you know i always carry one flashlight i've always thought i should have two on me just to be safe you know and uh, gotta have two chains bro yeah that's right baby um so and then uh let's look at some of the other some of the other comments we had um water. obviously water, water. And if Good you don't Lord, want to carry a water bottle, yeah, first and foremost, you need water. Hydrate before you go out. One thing I like to make myself do before we go on a walk 
every time is you always got the water that you're packing with you on the hike. But um, I like to literally slam a bottle of water right as we're about to leave and go on the hike. So you're not thirsty immediately, right? When you get on the hike, you know, just to give you that extra bit of hydration before you go out sure. and spend energy. Sure. But um, camelbacks, if you guys yes. don't have one, get one. It's going to save you space, time. It's so convenient when you're getting attacked by a bear and you're in the fetal position <laughs> and you need a drink of water and a little nozzles right there. Like camelback yeah. all the way. It's lightweight. It's convenient. It helps you while you're out there and it keeps your back somewhat cool while you're out there on a hike. Yeah. And that's, you know? and those double as backpacks, you know, if you're somebody yeah. that likes to carry equipment, you have a camelback, you can, yeah, that's your water source and you can carry stuff in it. So that's a good thing. That's another thing. I'm, I'm adding a bunch of herping stuff this year. Yeah. I was looking at camelbacks the other day. So if anybody has a recommended camelbacks guy, you might, but if anybody oh, in the yeah. chat, you know, or if you listen to this, not live, if you have a recommended camelback, let me know. You know, I, I want to know a good brand. You know, a lot of them are kind of small and they only, they're basically for only having water. So I want one that kind of doubles as a backpack. So if you, if you have a brand or one that you really like, definitely let us know. And uh, I don't know if you remember seeing my last uh, green backpack. That yeah, we I remember were. it. I think yeah. it's sweet. So that one is, it has a, it has a pocket at the front of the back where it's just made for the camelback. And then it has all that other storage. So yeah. that okay. is technically a camelback backpack. Okay. Hybrid. That's exactly, that's but exactly what to, I need. I'll have to send you the link for that thing. Yeah. Cause it's lightweight and got all the clips and pockets and yeah. stuff. So. And then on the water subject, have extra water in your truck or your car, or whatever you have, have it waiting for you when you get back. Um, yeah, just just make sure you have plenty of water and you know like sky said you know drink a good bit before you go out but also be aware don't drink too much because that's a real good way to get cramps while you're out there you know if you chug chug a ton of water and you go hiking a bunch in the heat you know, you'll get cramp you'll cramp up and boy i tell you I, that's that's no fun so uh definitely your stretch your kegels your hamstrings and your forearms yep Definitely. Yeah. Stretch. Stretching is actually a good point, man. You know, stretch for you going on that, that long hike, man. That's a, it's a good thing. The good thing that they're out there too. Um, and then, you know, I, this is going to be kind of, this might be kind of gross, but you know, on the water subject, watch your hydration and the easiest way to watch your hydration to make sure that you're still hydrated is to look at your piss when you go taste out and take it. it. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Look at it. Look at it. That's what I meant. Uh, so, you know, as you know, as weird as that sounds, you know, but you know, pay attention to your piss color, man. You know, if it's if it cut, cut talking to somebody who has kidney stones, this happened to me while I was herping. I I struggle with kidney stones; it's a problem. And I was out herping one time, and I took a piss, and that sucker was dark red. And I'm talking dark, dark red. As soon as I saw that, I went back to the truck and I headed out and went to the doctor like immediately. Yeah. So. Pay attention to that stuff. Don't be looking around where you're taking a leak. You know, yeah. make sure your piss looks you normal. Yellow and orange. Go drink some water. Yeah, that's it's not that. it's not good because I it's, promise you, you yeah. get in the you get. I actually had <laughs> while I was first herping in Tallahassee several years ago. I got a kidney stone while I was out, and it sucks because it's because I was not drinking enough water while I was out there. So we cannot cannot stress that enough. Um, so. Anyways, moving on from that, um, Zach with Queen City Constrictors recommended, um, you know, we said a hook. Yeah, we're going to get into hooks a little bit later. 
Um, but something that he said that I liked a lot is a dry pair of shoes for the ride home. Yeah. And I'll add on to that pack a pair of socks to keep in your vehicle for the <laughs> ride home. A uh, pair of socks, a different pair of shoes, something, if, especially if you're herping in Florida, you're getting wet, you're getting nasty. Go ahead and, and have you a pair of extra pair of shoes, pair of boots, dry <laughs> pair of socks. I tell you, dude, if you're out there sweating, muddy, you step in a bunch of water, your socks are wet, it sucks. And when you put on those nice dry socks and dry shoes, uh, you're ready for another hike. Oh, dude, there's no better feeling. <laughs> so go ahead and do that. And Dustin, no, I do not have a camel bag full of tea. I used to drink tea like crazy, and that's how I started getting kidney stones. So I do not drink sweet tea anymore. It's uh, it's a problem. So uh, and then Scott also said, "Piss clear, absolutely. If you're clear, if your piss is crystal clear, you're good. Yeah, keep a rocking, baby. Yeah. And um, also, you can drink your pee two times. Remember that. Don't do that. It's survival, bro. Bear if you have, if you're at in we're not talking survival mode we're talking you know your truck's a couple miles away and you can make it back don't you never know you know but yeah if you're lost in the woods for three days it might come to that so but uh yeah dry socks dry shoes definitely uh definitely a good thing to you know have in your in your vehicle um i actually got a pair so the pair of boots i have they're actually made where they can fold up into a ball where you can actually fit like they, they're super flexible really lightweight they're called uh boulder boots and um so they're actually very packable as well so if you want to have a pair of boots in your backpack even something to think about you know a pair that can fold up real small and you can you can take them with you so something to think about um jack jack says he goes primal whenever he gets into the woods so it's <laughs> It's all or nothing with his with Jack. All or nothing, baby. <laughs> he doesn't even bring water with him. He's just all right. I'm in the woods. I'm drinking pee. Yep. And uh, another one, uh, Connor Connor Wardle brought up. Um, he said a nice pair of gloves for flipping cover. And that's you know me personally. A lot of cover I prefer to flip with my hook, just for the sake of sticking your fingers under something and something being venomous under there and tagging a finger. Um, you know, but sometimes that's not possible. You want to move some logs or a rock or something like that. You're not going to use your hook to flip that. So he's a nice pair of gloves to keep on you. And I think that's a, that's a really good, you know, that's a really good thing, you know? Um, but with that, again, use your hook whenever possible. If you're going to flip over a board, you're going to be flipping tin. uh, go ahead and use, use that hook. Keep your, keep, stay hands free. You know, it's a real good way for you to get bit by a copperhead or something under under that piece of tin or board or whatever, you know, try to use your hook and flip it up to you. You know, um, that's a, you know, just a, just something, yeah, something it, to keep you use it as a blocker, not yeah. away from you to where you're exposed. Exactly. So, but yeah, good pair of gloves to keep on you, you know, cause that's not, that's another thing that'll ruin your day, man. You get a bad cut on your hand. That sucks. Cause that's going to ruin turning anything else over with, with your hands. Chad said, friends don't let friends flip tin with hands. That's a, that's a real good, it's a real good, real good motto to live by. Put it on a shirt, Justin. That's right, baby. Um, <laughs> so uh, two things in the chat that got brought up. Uh, Jack said, wear pants too. Yes, I'm big yeah. on pants. Some of you Florida boys are like, I'm from Florida. I'm going to wear shorts out here. Don't do that. Ticks. You know, ticks. You're gonna get. You're gonna end up with cuts all over your shins. You know, cuts. I'm a, 
I'm a big pants guy because, you know, it sucks. It's hot, you know, but they make really thin pants and those really thin pants can go a long way. They'll help you with ticks, especially if you're in the Southeast, you'll go out in the woods and you'll be covered in ticks. I've literally picked 30 ticks. I've actually scraped off thousands of them off my feet before. Ricky that's, Mac. That's another story for another time. Um, so, and Scott said people don't use gloves or hooks down here as herping is effectively illegal. Did not know that. So, if you're listening to Australia, maybe you should hit up Scott for some of the rules and regulations. I will say uh, this summer, I decided to have a Ricky Mac night where I had a couple of drinks and decided to go cruising around the local neighborhood. And I was barefoot in shorts and it was full effect Ricky night. Cause I came across the coral and got my lapid party on some <laughs> barefoot in shorts and some lapids. Boy. Don't, don't get, don't get me wrong. I've definitely herped in shorts, but you know, if you're in a place that my biggest thing is chiggers and ticks. Yeah. I, I, that, oh, man, you, get a, you get a bad, gosh. you get a bad case of chiggers or you get infested with ticks. You won't wear shorts again out there. Yeah, now, I'm, right I'm in a place where that's not a thing. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm doing shorts all the way, you know. But around here and in Florida, nah, it's it's pants all the way. Yeah, um, I've even so. got chiggers wearing pants though, man. If you kind of it'll happen, high brush sure. or some if you kneel down, that's was my problem. I kneeled down in some sand and game over. I had them in my socks, man. <laughs> and it's funny how those work. Yeah, they embed in your skin, dude. They literally embed in your skin. But even like, you know, ticks and chiggers, you know, it's funny because, you know, remember in December, Preston ended up pulling yeah, off multiple ticks. I didn't, ticks. I didn't have a single one on me. And that's all it takes is for you to brush past the one, one, one yeah. palm frond that's infested with these seed ticks. And there will be thousands. You know, he's lucky he only had a couple. I've had seed ticks. Pro literally probably a thousand of them covered my feet and I had to scrape them off with a knife. It sucks. Um, but I was walking barefoot through the middle of the woods <laughs> and that's what happens when you do that. Yeah. Um, so just be aware of that stuff. And, um, and something else Justin brought up in the chat. Uh, where was that? He said battery backup for phones. It's another good thing, you know, having a some type of charger with you. They make a ton of chargers that are that are powered by solar. Um, so having a solar battery pack with you so you can charge your phone or you know, a flashlight, whatever you got. Um, that's definitely a good thing to add to your add to your herping pack. Um, so, you know, definitely, a couple, definitely think about a couple things to think about bringing with you that I learned this year that I never thought about. I always thought, you know. You know, uh, some people, they bring it with them depending on where you live in the country. It's kind of just a natural thing to have with you. You either have bear spray or you have an air horn. If yeah. you don't, you should really look into getting a small, cheap air horn. That sounds stupid. Or even a whistle. I know it sounds stupid, but this I'm year. Sure. If Keller's with you, you want that whistle. Yeah, if you are with <laughs> Keller, Jason Keller, you want a, a whistle and a chastity belt. But... <laughs> This year, I got a real, a real wake up call on just being aware while you're in the woods. Don't let yourself, you know, get too comfortable or slip off having a good time. If you can't bring a gun, Chaz, there are some of us out there who can't carry weapons, and you may be in an area where you can't carry a weapon. Um, 
So normally I have a buck knife with me, but I did accidentally uh, wake up a black barrel while I was out herping this year and completely, you know, dookied myself and <laughs> realized how, how fast and how serious of a wild animal, you know, a black bear can be. And if you don't have the proper stuff with you, you know, you could really be screwed. And all I had with me was a little snake hook. And my eight inch buck knife, which is probably not going to do much to a bear that was, you know, standing up taller than me. So I now walk around with my air horn. It's a little bit louder and a little scarier. They are spooked off by noise. You know, if you bring a little, you know, mountain lions, they are spooked off. I used to hike around a lot in California. There was uh, one time where my dad did have to throw me up on his shoulders. There wasn't a mountain lion coming at us, but there was one in the distance and he was instantly like, get on my shoulders, start screaming. So, you know, just always yeah. remember to be big, be loud when you are out in the woods. If you are by yourself, you know, yeah. climb a tree if you're near of a, you got a wild boar coming at you. You know, always just remember you're out there having fun. You're in nature, but nature is metal and nature yeah. doesn't care about your feelings. Yeah. Nature doesn't care about you. You could really get tossed off real quick yeah, by nature if you're not paying attention to your surroundings so yeah. always be aware and you know just always have that oh shit just in case you know item with you that you can yeah. you know get to in a heisty moment if you need it to so and if you can carry a sidearm you know a pistol of some kind that's great uh you know again if you can you know i don't have my concealed weapons permit currently um but i can carry one in my truck so that that i do do that for road cruising i keep one in my center console um so you know if you if you can do that legally that, that that's great you know because outside of animals if you're out road cruising some sketchy areas you there's also people you got to worry about so you know just keep that in mind you know we don't want to condone anything crazy but you also have to be smart out there so i like justin's idea i'm gonna have to try that i'll make sure to get the air compressor backpack that goes with the shirt cannon i'll put that over top of my camel back and walk around with my shirt cannon blast some folius <laughs> tees at any black bear that decides to come at me <laughs> so. awesome. oh god oh man all right let's see let's see what else we got in here um, do we want to talk about different style of hooks to bring and yeah so we we'll get into hooks now it's kind of the last thing you know if again so when we snake hooks are one of those things um you kind of have to know your rules so like for example the you know the anf the apological national forest you cannot carry a snake hook in there. You know, you might have one in your truck tucked under somewhere and we're not going to comment on that, you know, whatever, you know, but if you are seen on the road, moving a pygmy off, you know, doing something with a snake hook, you're in some, the wrong person sees you, you are going to get in trouble. So be aware of your laws because like in a lot of places you are, it is very illegal to collect. And if you have a snake hook or snake bags or anything like that, you can be seen as you have the intent to collect. So be aware of where you're at, what you're doing. Um, but with that said, a lot of places you can carry a snake hook and it'd be completely fine. So with all of that, um, let's talk about snake hooks a little bit. The main two types are going to be, Sky, if you want to show them your classic style of snake hook, that's going to be your more classic... Got one. 
Oh, let me grab mine real quick. And this is going to be a little bit harder to herp with just because of how the indention is. It kind of takes away all your grabbable area. Yeah. So that one's that that one personally wouldn't be my favorite just because it's a little skinny. This one's a little wider. This is my indoor hook. Um, but this is more your classic type of snake hook. The one I carry in my truck at all times has a much wider head on it. It comes out. It's more of a V instead of a U. Um, so there's a there's a ton of ton of variety of snake hooks that you can carry. Um, but probably the biggest one for got you that, a little guy too. Yeah, you have all kinds of little stuff. And um so but another one that people like in the field the most seems to be the stump ripper. And so if you're basically you have the style hooks that you just saw, it's a U shape or a V shape and you have a stump ripper or also known as an L hook. Um, that basically it comes up and then it goes straight out, straight out. There's none of that indention. Right. So if you see this, it'll come to here and it's going to cut straight over. It's going to look just like that. Yeah. Um, so those are really, really good field hooks. Justin swears by his, I don't have one. I've been wanting to get one, um, but the company that I usually get my hooks from is um, uh, Venom Life. I really like their hooks. They're you know, really good quality stuff. My room is full of them for indoors. My field hook is a Venom Life. Um, so, But they don't have a commercially available V-hook. I believe they made one for Justin, um, but I need to look into a, a stump ripper because those people are really into field herping normally have one and some of the perks with it is it, it's it's the the name kind of speaks for itself it's a stump ripper it's a little easier to pull stuff up you know you have a little you have a little bit more leverage with it it's it's a good it, little peel back little pieces of bark from trees and stuff yes, it's, it's a very good hook to have um, that's another thing I need to find this year is a, is a stump ripper. I love my field hook. It works great. Like I said, it's got that wider head and it wor it works really, really well for what I need. Um, but the stump ripper is definitely the most recommended field hook from herpers, you know, people who are really serious about it and serious about their hooks. Um, so something to look into, but again, that stump ripper is just an L shaped. I'm sure most of the people in the chat right now know what that is, but if you're listening to this for the first time, not really field herper, that's what a stump ripper is. It's that, it's that L shaped hook. Um, so definitely look into one of those and, um, look into a quality hook, man. You know, you can make, you can make homemade hooks. You know, I have a homemade hook that was forged out of a golf club. You know, that's what this is made out of is out yeah. of an old golf club. Yeah, and they work very, very well. You know, a lot Super of things can sturdy, be man. Yeah. A lot of things can be used as snake hooks, you know, whether your homeboy made it or you made it or something like that, you know, a lot of things can be turned into snake hooks, but make sure it's solid. The last thing you want is to be out in the middle of the field and you snap your snake hook in half. That sucks. Um, so you know, look look into getting or making a, a quality hook, you know. It, a good snake hook goes a long way. Um, Jack, so. I uh, I was jokingly gonna say you could hit your your uh, um, national forest areas with a rake or a hose, so nobody questions if you're out herping. You're just out there doing some land maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Yeah. 
So uh, Southern Raised Exotics asked about lengths and why. Um, so always better. Ask every female in the world. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's various, you know, so we're talking about field specifically. I like at least a, you know, personally, this hook, this hook's about three or four minimum. foot. This is, I think this one's about three and a half foot ish. Um, but I, I'm more, I like, I like a four foot hook. Um, personally Hold up. For- let's measure it right now. <laughs> um, but I like, I like somewhere around four foot, you know, for me, you know, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be serious in front of these people. Uh, Good you know. Lord. But uh, for honestly, the longer, the better, you know, because a lot of times, you know, I use I use a snake hook for flipping stuff over more than anything, um, you know, because let, let's let's be real, you know, messing with venomous snakes, you know, the 80 percent of people that get bit by venomous snakes are messing with it. So if you don't have to mess with something venomous, don't. But if you need to move something off the road because a car is coming, you know, do what you need to do. Get off the road. The longer the hook you have, the farther you are away from it. Yeah. You know, the more that, clearance you have from getting bit. Yes, you got it, it's farther away from you. And again, same thing with flipping. If you can stay farther away, there's a better chance that five foot diamondback's not gonna come out and pop you as soon as you open it up. Now, granted, that's also why I flip it up towards me versus away from me. Because it acts as if something's under there, it's not going to get me in the shin. There's that barrier right there, you know. Um, So just stuff to be aware of. And the longer the hook you have, the better. Now, for me, I'm not that tall. Like I said, I'm about five foot nine, like five foot ten in in shoes. (laughs) But um, so having a five foot hook is it's it's a little too big for me. Like, I don't want to carry something around like that. It's big. It's clunky. It's. I don't know. It's, just, it's not comfortable. So around that three and a half, four foot range is my preference. And Chaz said about 40. I'm, I'm right there with them. About 40 inches is, is, is a it helps with a good, like little walking aid too. If you're ever doing any weird yeah. thing there, yeah. usually if you get a good sturdy one, you know, you can almost use it as like a little crutch, little walking stick. Walking I actually stick. do that. So if I'm in a WMA, you know, it's kind of dicey on whether you should have a hook or not. I carry one, but a lot of times if I'm walking with it, I use it to make it look like a walking stick. So as to yeah. not somebody, yeah. if yeah. game warden goes by or somebody passes me, they're like, what's he doing? You know, it's just, it's just my walking stick. Yeah. Um, I think we did that last time you were down. Cause we were like, how many hooks should we bring with us? And I think we all left the car with a hook. So we were like, <laughs> using it as a fucking walking stick. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, that hooks also a weapon, baby. Yeah. Oh, I'll kill you. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and you can have lightsaber fights in the woods and stuff. It's great. Without uh, using the hooks. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. I can't with you guys. I swear. Oh, God. God. Now the chat's got me all off track. God dang it. Yeah. And so, and so even though I know that's kind of a joke, but Chaz said, use it like a crutch. Again, that goes into uh, that's, that's our THP. Man, that was for Justin THP. before I forget. I just that's glanced over at it. Man of the year. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, Chaz said use it like a crutch, and that could actually be worst case scenario. That can be a real thing. If you get out there, hurt yourself, break your ankle or stuff, that hook might help you walk back to the truck. Not a whole lot easier, but it's something. 
it's better than nothing. So, you know, it, it, they, there's a lot of uses for these things, man. So keep it there. Uh, Scott said over six foot, you're tailing anyways. It's if it's a big snake, we don't yeah. have inland taipans out here. Bro. Yeah. We, yeah. Tailing is definitely, you know, a very need to scenario, you know, especially with, you know, big pit vipers. It's, um, I'm not going to recommend it to anybody publicly, you know, um, there's some scenarios where it would likely be needed, but make sure you know what you're doing before you do something like that. You know, I'm a very hands-off guy now. I've been bit by a rattlesnake before. I don't really want to do that again. Um, so I'm a very hands-off guy now. Brag about it some more, bro. And I didn't I didn't try it. I didn't try it once. I actually used to tail stuff all the time and uh with no with no problems. And I actually wasn't even tailing when I got bit. So Justin, go fuck yourself. Um <laughs> but um you know so and jack i actually you call them timbers down here they're cane breaks but yes that that was that's what i used to tail all the time was big like five foot cane breaks out on a plantation i used to remove them from um so but again you know be hands off if possible you know we're gonna that's another big thing that we need to promote on here is safety and putting your hands on a venomous animal is never you increase your chances of getting bit a hundred percent by interacting with the snake. All you got to yeah. do is turn around and walk away. Unless Thank that you. thing's on the road about to get ran over by oncoming traffic, turn around, walk away. You got a hundred percent chance of not getting bit. It's the best way to not get bit, man. You know, if you can, if you can leave it alone, cause there's also no sense in, in stressing out the animal again, unless you absolutely have to move it for some reason, if you're out in the middle of the woods, there's no sense in you hooking it, moving it, doing all this stuff, you know, take your pictures in, in C2 while it's sitting there and, and move on about your merry way. The snake doesn't get stressed out. You're not putting yourself in harm's way. You know, just, just things to think about. You know, a lot of people have this obsession with touching and that's not I like a touch. You know, you don't have to do that, you know, and, um, you know, especially if it's a potentially dangerous animal. So, um yeah scott said he's had a few bites it's not fun it, it, it's it's not i can tell you it's not a it's not a badge of honor you know it's not cool um it's not it's not fun you're gonna spend a lot of time in the hospital and if you're in america you're gonna spend a whole lot more in hospital bills so have fun because uh yeah it's 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 a bad time so just be safe doing it you know there again we we said before there's nothing more impressive than going out there and finding that big old cane break or diamond back you know stuff like that i found i have come across like five foot cane breaks before and oh my god dude there's nothing better but you have to remember it's beautiful it's amazing but it's dangerous and it can it does not again it does not care about your feelings that thing will fuck you up it's without thinking twice about it so nature don't care no don't care so just just be mindful and <laughs> justin said you can hold anything once it's very true um and you may not be able to hold it again because you could lose your hand so just <laughs> be mindful you know be careful and um certainly don't free handle and i'm gonna leave it at that um so i think that 
about covers equipment you think any anything else you got i was trying to think i'm like i'm like for trying to think of stuff and then i'm forgetting what we already talked about at the same time so we've talked about lights gloves gloves, yeah yeah um that about covers water safety things to bring to protect yourself always be mindful of your surroundings um trying to think trying to think we said extra phone batteries all yeah. that you know it's always good to have a little snack in your backpack yeah well. that you're the king I, of snacks baby Come i on. suffer from <laughs> i know i'm a skinny weird looking guy that doesn't look like he eats but i literally eat all the time i suffer from like low blood sugar spikes sometimes where i have these episodes where i get super nauseous and lightheaded so i have to always keep like a little candy bar or a cliff bar or something around me so Always keep something like that around with you because, you know, you could just be out there deep in the woods getting lightheaded and exhaust your body and you just need a little bit of nutrition or fuel to, you know, get you back to the car, get you back home. So that's something to always bring with you. Um, Something that isn't a necessity, but something that I feel is something that I'm going to add to my Herp gear this year. Um, I've talked about it a lot, but I feel like it is I've brought it before, but it's like not a necessity. I want to make it a necessity for any time I do encounter an animal or catch an animal. Laser temp gun. And I want to start bringing this information back to the house because that's what this is all about. And, you know, a lot of people do that already. You know, people do it for species specific, but I feel like there's always something to learn from the scenario or the situation. So I want to start temp gun and everything. You know, just the ground, the surrounding area, the animal, whatever is whatever is around that I could temp gun because you know we did that a uh, little bit with um, our buddy Aiden while we were on the Georgia trip, and one of the coolest catches we had over the weekend was someone would consider this you know backyard pocket lint bycatch was a decays brown snake. This decays brown snake was on a pile of rubbish in the middle of this running creek sunning itself just like literally hanging out on this stick over the water on this pile of rubbish in the middle of the pond and our buddy Aiden was like look at that decays basking right there and we were all just mind blown by it but he had his temp gun on him and he had his uv reader he was i can't remember the exact readings but he was able to get the temp of what the snake was basking at what that area of the little branch he was at and the UV spectrum of what he was getting hit with. And I just thought that was the coolest thing, not only of finding a decays in the middle of a river in a brush pile basking on a stick, which what the hell is that? But then also to get all the information gathered of what was actually going on around it. So I feel like that's a cool aspect that we could add to the kit and bring back and just, you know, information that you could always add to your, your, your keeping skills. So That's something that you can just keep in your truck. Takes up very little space. Something to have there all the time. You know, temp gun and you know Scott brought up a UV UV meter. Um, so you know, something to look into. And um, also Southern Ray's exotics. Um, he brought up telling telling folks or you know somebody, your significant other, your mom, your dad, your grandma. Tell somebody if you're going out by yourself, especially. Tell somebody where you're going. Yeah. You know, in case it's midnight and they can't get a hold of you and don't know what happened to you, tell somebody where you're going. So either a they can send emergency services to come find you, or they can go out and look for you. Um, 
make sure somebody knows where you're at because that that is a big thing. Again, we're, he's we're in gonna, a cougar den. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna push safety a lot in this, and uh, that, that's a big thing with saying safe, man, is making sure somebody knows where you are, and that's actually something I've really never done. Is you know, I might mention it in passing that you know, oh, I'm gonna go here today, blah blah blah, but. You know, usually I'm out, I'm out by myself a lot and, you know, I'm just like, Hey, I'm going road cruise. I'm going hiking. I'll see you later. And I walk out the door. So, you know, it's a, it's a really good, really good thing to keep in the back of your head. Um, so I think we've about covered equipment pretty well. Um, if anybody else has any recommendations, stuff that you want to put in your bag, shoot us, shoot us a message. And, uh, you know, some, some, because that's something we're going to be constantly talking about stuff to add into your herping bag. So, you know, um, don't be afraid to shoot us a message and, you know, you know <laughs> tell us what you get in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brett's got the kit. That's right. Uh, um, so the other thing that I kind of wanted to get into, and this is more so going to be for people not in the chat everybody in the chat's pretty much going to know these terms um but for anybody who's looking to get in the field herping and you start doing some research um there's some acronyms or terms that you may not know so we wanted to go over a few of those jack said field guide that's field another guide. great one to keep in your bag um that's a, that's a really good one keep a field guide with you especially if you're not familiar with your local fauna um, but to go over a few terms and acronyms that you might come across, especially in this podcast. But, you know, again, if you're new to herping, we just want to throw this out there again. Everybody in the chat's going to know all these more than likely. Um, but so we're going to go over a couple terms here that you're probably going to hear. Uh, first one, one of the most common ones you're going to hear is the acronym D.O.R. And unfortunately, it's not a fun one but a dor stands for dead on road so if you find a dor banded water snake that means you found a dead water snake on the road last time i was cruising with sky we found a lot of dor corn snakes we were freaking out the whole time the whole yeah. time it was terrible but dor is dead on road so for anybody listening if you see that term that's what it means and the same in, in, in the same sector, there's also AOR. A lot of people don't say the term AOR, but you might see it in a post. That's a live on road. You know, it's the opposite. Or someone uh, referencing a catch or something. Is, right. Got an AOR on this road when we were skipping through town to go get Jimmy's Luna bars. Yeah. A lot of people don't say AOR. You just say, oh, I found a banded water snake. Oh, I found a rat snake. But in a post, more people are more out to use it. Um, it's not one that I use really ever, but I have used it. I've, I've heard it before. Um, so just for just throwing that out there. Um, and then the term lifer. So you hear lifer. That one's pretty self-explanatory. But again, somebody new may not be your lifer is going to be the first of that species that you have ever found. Example, that brown water snake I caught with Sky was my lifer. That was the first time i've ever seen a brown water snake so that that's what lifer is Chaz, we're Chaz. definitely going to get to that we'll hop on that for sure yeah raf as soon as we get done with terms definitely going to go by that um 
The other one that I actually learned recently that I hadn't heard before was AC. And I can thank Chris Montross for this because I had to sit there and think about it because he kept saying AC. And I was like, what the hell does AC mean? <laughs> and uh, yeah, cover, it's the artificial cover. Um, so, you know, while me and Chris were road cruising, and I didn't say anything because I don't want, I didn't want to sound like, You're a, like, let me decide. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to figure this out on my own. And he was like, oh, I think I saw some AC back there. That's artificial cover. So a piece of tin, a board, something not natural. Something a washing natural. machine that some washing guy machine. left on yeah. the side of the road. A, a mattress. That, man, so, a man-made item that someone yes. dumped, and it is now artificially covering an area for a reptile to hide on. Which is very good area for reptiles to hide under. So if you see yeah. our... Do not put out artificial cover unless it's private property and it's not <laughs> blood stained mattresses. It's not bad for the environment. Do not put out artificial cover in WMAs and public areas. Don't do that. But if it's there, take advantage of it. Flip it, it over. See what's going on. Um, so definitely, definitely use that. You know, a piece of rug. You know, rolled up rug. That's a not with a hooker in it, but a piece of rug. I found lots of pieces of rug, and you know, those are great ones. A trash piles. That's actually a good thing. You know, for looking if you're scoping out an area, pull up Google Maps, Apple Maps, whatever you use, and look for trash piles. You know, if there's a dump site that you know, whether it's you know, it's it's a terrible thing to do. But they exist and we all have to accept that. So look for those on Google Maps and anything like that. You know, locate those spots. They're always a really good, really, really good place for herbs. Dude, I've literally been cruising around the back roads by my house and just see where people have dumped before. And I'll yeah. just like, all right, I'm hopping out and I'll get lucky randomly find some stuff sometimes. Yeah, so exactly. So Really good thing. And then the, we already went over stump ripper. So you already know what a stump ripper is. That's your L hook. The other one that you will never hear me or Sky use. Um, Free handling? <laughs> we're not even going to go for that. <laughs> uh, no, but you brought it up earlier, the term bycatch. Yeah. Um, that is something I will never use, but you will hear the term bycatch. Bycatch is essentially a snake. Not bite. your target species. Yeah. Or you don't even get, you don't give a shit. Or you don't care about it. Yeah. It's just something that you find along the way and it's, you know, you don't care. So you either don't even stop for it. You don't do anything with it. You just say, Oh, that's a water snake and you keep walking. That would be bycatch. Nothing is bycatch to me. I don't, I hate, I personally hate that term. I yeah. think it's, I, I think it's disrespectful to wildlife and snakes and all that. Um, but it's something you will hear. So just for future reference, if you hear the term bycatch, that's what they are referring to. Um, that's all I've got as far as, you know, simple terms. I'm sure we'll think of some more later yeah, on. I couldn't really think of more than those like general ones. Yeah. Those are like, the most commonly used ones and, handling kinda... and stuff like that, which is obviously handling a snake in an yeah. irresponsible way without the right tools. You're just using yeah. your hands and you got a YouTube video in front of you talking yeah. schmack yeah don't do that we don't promote that around do here do not do that please. i'm not gonna sit here and act like i'm some holly jolly guy that's never handled a venomous snake but i'm also responsible when i do it and i'm not doing it to show off for the world i'm doing it just to admire the snake itself and have my moment with that creature and i'm not doing it in a showing off manner i'm doing it as safe as possible Absolutely. normally by myself or with a friend away from 
you know, anything that could get hurt or hurt somebody. So yes. just be smart about what you do. Think be about smart. what you do. Don't do life for the gram. You know, it's, absolutely not. Don't do it. You know, uh, be smart, be responsible, you know, and honestly, for me, it's res respect them, respect yeah, these animals, respect what they can do respect to you. Respect Mother Nature, man. These, in general. Some of these snakes that people are free handling, they can and will kill you. I don't know if some people apparently don't grasp that they can kill you All as they put you six feet under. So yeah, they're programmed and designed to do it. That's yeah, it. they are defense. It, that is what they are to them. You are a threat, and in their head, it's either me or it's you. And every time in their head, it's gonna be you. Um, so, and yes, uh, Scott mentioned it's a term used in targeted surveys and Tyson. Uh, said it by catch is a trapping term. Um, and you know, both the I think that's where it originates, you know, especially for targeted surveys. If you're surveying something, you catch something that you're not surveying, uh, that would catch. that would be bycatch, yes. And that and that is the proper term for it. But a lot of people use bycatch as in, you know, I was out road cruising for diamondbacks and I found a water snake and I threw it into yeah, the woods that's my catch. catch you know so there's a I proper a way to use it there's a proper way to use it that isn't disrespectful but the way a lot of a lot of you know your herpers around use that in a derogatory way so there is proper ways to use it but a lot of times it is also derogatory so um it's it's it, it's technically, you know, like, again, like Scott said, if you're specifically surveying for a species, anything else is bycatch is not really for recreational herping. 100%. I absolutely agree with that. Um, but again, people take it out of context and use it in a derogatory way towards other animals um, and use it the way it should be used. Like Scott is saying in that way the, you know, if it's bycatch, if it's true bycatch, then it's bycatch, and that's fine. But don't use it to degrade a species that you found because you didn't care about finding it. Um, so with that out of the way, um, da -da 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 -da, Chaz brought up, can we talk about resetting cover, especially when you're flipping a spot that you didn't set? um we one, encountered that a lot too while we were i don't know we weren't you with us when we were at the one spot with Chaz where there was a bunch of stuff that was you could see where it was set and it was clearly moved like a foot away and there was a bunch of things it was like looked like a herper storm came through there and no one knew what they were doing and just flipped everything and left and didn't put it yeah. back yeah. most disrespectful thing possible yeah absolutely um you know a lot of people see Think of habitat as a, uh, and uh, we actually, we talked about lifer just a little bit ago and you know what that term means. I think that was the first one we brought up. Um, so re-listen and, uh, you know, we hear us talk about that. Um, but as far as like putting stuff back, a lot of people look at habitat or, um, you know, ecosystems as this large, broad thing you know like a body of water is an ecosystem um but there's all these micro ecosystems micro habitats that is literally under a rock you know that big 
yeah. you know, the, the smallest of rocks can have these micro habitats and ecosystems in them that are important to the things that inhabit those. And if you take up that rock and you throw it to the side and you go on about your day, you are destroying, you're, yeah. you're, you're destroying that micro habitat. Yeah. So that whole ecosystem just got obliterated. Yes. Even stuff that you put out yourself. If you have private property, you've got 10 out there, you know, I would even say if, even in that case, you know, you, you created a, micro habitat um and you should leave it that way because something is going to use that whether it's a bug or earthworm or a toad you know toads are under all kinds of stuff um chaz made a good point it's like if no one yeah if, if no one saw you flip the rock you shouldn't be able to tell that's like one of the biggest things that national parks uses you know leave nothing but your footprints and you know that's what you should do. You shouldn't disrupt anything. You should be respecting yeah. everything. You know, if you move something, put it back. There's a, there's an outline and a shape. If you move something in nature of where it was, absolutely. put it back. It outlines it for you. It's just like when you put those little squares in the square hole and the circle in the circle hole, same concept, absolutely. but except this has life underneath it. Right. And it, it matters. In those, if you flip a log or a rock or a piece of tin, just because something isn't under it right in that second does not mean something's not coming back to it, you know? So just because it's not there doesn't mean nothing lives there, you know? Um, so it's literally as, as small as a handheld rock up to a massive piece of tin or a boulder, stuff like that. Just put it back. That is the biggest thing, you know, that's why, like, I'm not a big fan of like, you know, a lot of people do it and I'm not saying it's bad. Are you about to say, it? hold on, rock stacking? No, not right. That's, you know, don't rock stack, you know, that, yeah. that's not a natural thing. But like, for me, I, I don't like ripping a bunch of bark off trees. You know, I know, yeah. that, I know that's a good way to find snakes. If you do it, I try to peel not, it and look and peek. Yeah, I get you, a little iffy when you just tear a whole tree. Yeah. Back. You if, just, if, there's, all that habitat going. Yeah. If you, if you do it, uh, I'm not knocking you. It's a really good way. It's a really good way to find snakes. It's an efficient way to find snakes. A lot of, a lot of snakes live under that, but there's a reason for that. That's their micro habitat. You know, that's their, that's their thing. I'm not, I'm just not big. I'm not judging anybody who does, but it's not, it's not my favorite thing. Um, and same thing with like old logs. If I can't flip it, roll it over i don't like just tearing it up and going through it you know if i can peel some stuff back and kind of look and you know but if you go out and destroy a dead tree yeah it's a dead tree you know but this is is this, we're, we bring this up not to make you feel the hell jack yeah <laughs> and justin justin put the dots because he's guilty of the same thing and again yeah. we're not here to make you feel bad it's more so like just to make you think a little bit um about those things because that old log that you just tore up to bits you know ants lived in there you know, you're gonna say who, you're gonna say who gives a shit about ants you know who gives a shit about that tiny little bug but it's our ecosystem it's our habitat and we have to take care of it and you know it, it sounds silly but how would you like it if somebody came in and stepped on your house Hey, don't expect me to be yeah. your friend if you don't care about ants when you got that ant in your pants. All right. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, you know, but it's, it's just, it's important, man, you know, just to, you know, preserve those things and, you know, just, just, just be, just be aware, you know, be careful in, in what you do. Don't go tromping through stuff, flipping everything over and leaving it off to the side. Um, you know, we want to preserve those things, try to put stuff back the way you found it. Um, so and then Scott, Scott said hammer and nails to pin yeah. back, but too destructive for me. And yeah, that's you know you can put stuff back that way, but again, that's a you're it's it's being destructive. Um, so just just be just be aware of what you're doing. And um, Justin said, if Scarlet Kings would just show up, I wouldn't have to. You know, yeah, you're right. You know, um, I don't know. It's uh, it's just rampant. Yeah, it's rampant in the chat. Yeah, everybody's going off now. I think we started something with that. <laughs> pull the bark, don't pull the bark. You guys are all I'm guilty just... pieces of crap, is what you are. You yeah. freaking home destroyers. <laughs> I'm just saying again, I'm not judging anybody for doing it. It's just not my thing. You probably won't see me just stripping a whole dead tree of its bark. You know. No. Cause like, think of all the stuff that you find that isn't a snake, you know, the uh, centipede, yeah. like centipedes, beetles, centipedes, grubs, yeah. scorpions, you know, and you could say none of that stuff matters, but guess what's eating that stuff? The birds, the exactly. squirrels, the others, all the other fauna in the area, the lizards, which, which may be feeding those snakes. So do you care about the snakes or do you not? Exactly. Full Justin circle. Said, <laughs> Justin said the bark is simply moved to a lower level of the habitat. I mean, you know, that You're makes, lower level of the habitat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know, man. What, whatever makes you feel better about it, Justin. You whatever can helps it. you sleep at night knowing you ruined that ant's home. Yeah, whatever, that's, bro. That's you know, all those bark scorpions you love so much. Yeah. All live. those bark scorpions <laughs> got no home now. And Jack, you should feel like a piece of you shit. You should, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right this is is getting out of hand this is getting rowdy (laughs) um but uh you know it's just it's just one of those things man you know just be conscious of what you're doing what you're flipping over you know just just put it back and if you and that and that goes into the bark thing if you can't put it back should you move it yep that's like throwing a bunch of rocks off of a rock pile or pushing over a big old boulder off the side of a cliff. You know, that something probably lived under that boulder, under that rock, and now you can't put it back. So that's, uh, you know. Hey, just remember, karma's real, Justin. You always wonder why you're not finding stuff out while you're herping. It's because of all those yards and yards of bark you ripped, boy. You can't find <laughs> you can't find coral snakes because of all the bark you've destroyed. You ruined so much homes that there's nowhere for the coral snakes to live. <laughs> oh man (coughs) good lord well yeah it's again it's just things to think about y'all you know i'm not judging anybody for peeling bark but you know something something to get something to get your gears turning you know that's what a lot of this is is just to make you think a little bit you know and yeah jack said throwing rocks off a cliff is a man's wet dream i mean if it's a little if it's a little rock you know that's all right throw a little rock off the side of a cliff that'll be all right yeah if it's fist size though you're a piece of shit that's, <laughs> that's where i draw the line that's a home that's somebody's home 
Yep. Chad says the bark is coming back to bite you, son. That's right. Yeah. Bark is the bark's gonna come for you. That bark's got bite. Yep. <laughs> All bark, no bite. <laughs> oh, oh man. Well, do we have anything? We're we're touching two hours, which you know that wow. I, I almost wasn't expecting it when we first started this. I was like, oh, we're only 20 minutes into this. Or yeah, it kind of rolled, started rolling once yeah, we started going. That was great. Um, anything else you want to that we want to get into? Let me look at my notes here and see if we have. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to say before we, uh, you know, fit wrap this one up is uh, Jake said it. We want to be engaging with the audience, the people that are listening. And, you know, we want to bring something we want this podcast to be more than just us rambling. Yeah. So we want there to be feedback. We want there to be some meaning behind it. So one thing we want to, this isn't going to be a weekly podcast. This might be every two, three, once a month. We'll see how it goes. But one thing we wanted to do with our listeners and people keeping track is having a task or a challenge that we, you know, we come up with or put out where, you know, us as the, you know, the hosts and you as the listeners go out into the field and we try to make some observations or whatever the task or challenge may be for that, you know, month or couple weeks. And we want to hear your guys' feedback. We want to come back with our feedback, see what kind of results we have, see what we can accomplish. And, you know, by the end of the year, all of us collectively could really get some cool stuff accomplished. And as a group, as a collective, you know, podcast community, we could really learn some cool stuff together and document some cool things and on the flipping 10 page we want to be able to post up some cool experiences that we have out in the field together and you know solo trips and if this whole you know challenge thing turns into something bigger than we think it may be you know maybe we can start bringing you guys onto the page and showing what you guys are experiencing in the field and maybe some new stuff that you've uh, you know encountered in your collections that you brought back and you've documented the whole thing so yeah. Cool stuff like that. We just want to, you know, make this a huge learning community process. This isn't just two guys. It is two guys rambling about <laughs> reptiles, but we want to make it more than just two guys rambling about reptiles. We, wanna we want to bring something to the community. So we want to involve everybody that supports us. You know, it's we don't want to get. Yeah. Oh, Scott, we're going to reach out, dude, for sure. You're the exact type of guest that we want to get on here. So that's absolutely going to happen. We will work that out. Um, but, you know, we want to involve every everybody, you know. That's why you know, we've already posted, what, two or three three posts on our Instagram, you know, asking questions, you know, and I, I went through and read them, you know. Like, that, that, that's what we want. That's what we want. You know, we want to, you know, we want to name drop everybody that, you know, messaged us and, and, and comments on our stuff you know we want to involve everybody and with the challenge thing you know the goal with that is you know every we're not going to have one this week or this episode you know because it's the first one still getting our feet wet with this uh, but moving forward every episode we're gonna we're gonna give you all a challenge and we want we want you to the goal is to have you write in to us about your experience you know whether it be you know do go, don't go flip don't go peel bark off of trees and tell me what you found not doing that, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, just, we're going to have a, some type of challenge for you to do that makes you get outside and do something. And, and 
and just and just get out there and you know so we and we want to hear about it we want to hear about all of it and we want to talk about every single one every single time we do an episode so whenever we start doing that please write into us you know tell us your experience tell us what you did and you know when we ask questions on the on the uh page you know about about equipment about hooks you know whatever you know it's not rhetorical. Like we want to hear from you so we can talk about it. You know, yeah. everybody does something different. Exactly. Everybody's got different this and that, you know, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have had more, more stuff to add to my, my bag. You know, that's, that's what this is about. You know, that that's what we want to do. It's what we want to accomplish. We want to make this, this community bigger and better and just get people outside in nature and, and loving your local fauna because it's so important whether you live in the southeast or you live in new york or wisconsin or california wherever there's local fauna to be found and you need you really should learn about it you yeah. really really should it's it's really important and you know so th that's what it's what we want to do here we want to get everybody involved and we want to get some great content out to everybody you know this is <laughs> fucking hate justin <laughs> oh, God. i'll show you a loveless boy and you're then, standing uh, real tall for for a sheriff over there boy somebody somebody in the chat uh chris brought up doing habitat spotlights i think that's a great idea you already know my my Instagram, my handle is Longleaf Reptilia. I love, 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 love Longleaf Pine Habitat. So different habitat spotlights like that would be great. Species spotlights, you know, as we find new stuff and find more stuff, do species spotlights for you know for local yeah. local guys, you know. And when we do our trip to the South Florida, we'll definitely do an Everglades yeah. spotlight trip. We'll for sure. That's another thing we're going to be wanting to do is we're going to be putting up some content. <laughs> I love yeah. them this guy. We're going to be putting up content from our herb trips and, you know, just not only us joking around, having a good time, you know, showing There's you definitely going to be some of that, but we're uh, just some cool, some cool stuff that we find yeah. and encounter in the woods and things that we look out for to, you know, maybe that would key us into something that we could share with you guys to help you out while you're on your herb trips. Cause that's one thing that I learned while the more and more I'm out herping, you know, when I do have success, I try to remember what I was doing, what time I was doing it and try to apply that to the next time to hopefully get more success. So if we ever have stuff like that, that we can share with you guys or document, we're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the next step in all of this. You know, it's, it's cold right now. So herping really isn't a thing here at the moment but that's the that's the next step in all this this isn't just gonna be a podcast we're gonna make a flipping 10 youtube page and sky and i are gonna make our own videos and then when we get together and get out and herp we're gonna make videos together and you know we want to make this very very field herping oriented and really show people what you can what you can see you know so we're both going to be uploading videos you know either to instagram or you know the youtube things the next the next big thing you know that, that we want to do we want to make something out of to really you know get get good good, good content out there uh, if jack said lob lolly greater than longleaf if anybody actually thinks that you can go ahead and stop listening um <laughs> <laughs> just kidding but long longleaf is the best pine and i will die on that hill uh lob lollies are literal trash um but whatever <laughs> um, 
Yeah, a lot of good idea. Thank you all for everybody who's in the chat. Justin just threw out uh, talking idea. about you know weather conditions, windows during the year. Hunter talked about or said gear spotlights. I think that's another good thing. We, that yeah, we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier when we were test talking about testing out different headlamps yeah. and trying out some different equipment for you guys and giving our reviews and what we think about using it in the field. Yeah. So we'll definitely and actually video us using it in the field too. You know, like yeah. uh, having me and Sky can be side by side with two different types of headlamps, and we'll be videoing the whole thing and see you know, see what y'all think. You know, because we yeah. might have different opinions, but if you can see it, that's gonna help. Yeah. You know, so we want to, we want to make this, we want to make this big, you know, that we don't want to just, just this be a podcast where we interview people. Um, and it's There's not even going to, it's not even going to be your traditional interview style podcast. It's not going to be, Oh, how'd you get in the snakes? Why do you like snakes? Blah, blah, blah. It's not going to be that the, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but we just, we want this to be different. You know, and we want everybody along for the journey. We've been talking about this for a while and we're so excited. And, you know, <laughs> this first episode went great. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. I wasn't expecting over 20 people at one point in the <laughs> in the live stream. So that was awesome. Heck yeah. Heck and, yeah. Um, so, you know, thank you everybody that's already followed the page. If you're listening and you haven't followed, check out Flippin' Tin Podcast on Instagram, choose to follow and, and engage with us, please. You know, it's a lot of our posts are going to be asking questions to get your opinion, just to give us more for the show. So please, please, please comment messages. You don't have to comment if you don't want to comment publicly. Um, yeah. Throw us a DM. Yeah. Throw us a DM, whatever the message mm -hmm. on the page individually, whatever you guys got, we're trying yeah. to just bring whatever content we can bring and answer as many questions as you guys got. Me and and we want to learn. I know I the <laughs> one thing I wanted to start a podcast for the longest time is you know you learn so much from so many different people and you know it's just I think this is going to be an awesome way for like I said if we can build this community with the challenges and just you know sharing every sharing all the information and bringing it back to our collections it's only going to make us better keepers which is you know being a better keeper is being a better person so. At the end of the day, we're just trying to better ourselves in the long run and yeah. live a life connected to Mother Nature so we can have all these, you know, cool experiences and stories to tell at the end of the day and the end of our life. So yeah. better ourselves, better the hobby and you know, maybe maybe make a difference somewhere. I don't know, man. You know, if not, we're at least going to be flipping in. <laughs> that's right, baby. You know what? Again, you know what? Even if we don't do shit with this, we try. We're yeah. going to try. So we, we're flipping and the team. We're gonna be having fun. We're getting We're gonna be having fun regardless. That's We're right. gonna have fun regardless. So. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna have fun whether you guys enjoy it or not. Yeah. We just figured we're having so much fun. We might as well start documenting this shit so right. you guys can have fun with us. Like, That's come right. on now. So again, thank you everybody for watching episode one. We'll get to episode two as soon as we can. We already got people. Hopefully lined up. We I got a couple that already said they would do it. You know, some guys that are keepers and herpers. We got a list of people to still hit up. I'm definitely going to be hitting up Scott. I think that would be an awesome episode because yeah. they. I don't want to also. I also don't want to just keep this North American herping. I want. I want guys from out of the country. Aussie. I'd love to get Nipper on to talk about how he's herped all over the world and. Yeah. You know. Um. So. We want to, we, we want to, we want to get the word out there, man. You know, um, Heck yeah. 
Thank so, you guys. We're excited. Everyone was tuned in and stoked. Yeah, on thank y'all so much. And we were, you know, um, we were, come herping season. This thing's gonna amp up even more, baby. You know, oh, it's, yeah. we might, <laughs> you guys might not even know. There might be an episode where we're literally just like, all right, let's go record in the field. Yeah, we're in the field, like, baby. It <laughs> is. You guys are just gonna catch us in the field, literally just throwing it up, flipping some tin yeah. for you guys. So that's so. we're stoked. Um, honestly, I mean, I don't even know how to end it. I don't want to say. I mean. I don't want to be like, oh, we're closing it off. So, you know, yeah. let's keep this ball rolling. Keep yeah. hitting us with the good stuff. We're going to keep pushing the content out. Yeah. You know, obviously a lot of the stuff we're going to be posting right now is going to be from 2013 and previous. But as the ball is rolling, as spring comes along, you guys are going to start seeing more of our recent herb trips. You know, we got a couple good things backlogged that we can post of our adventures together and some stuff with the boys. But and yeah. we already got a lot of big plans for 24. In like, 24, we got some so many plans. things we're, we're planning on doing. So there's there's a lot to come. There's a lot that's happened. So it, we've, we're going to make this. We're going to make this a thing. You know, yeah. it, it's going to be fun. So, Jack, yes, we're going to get the yearbook out. So <laughs> everybody stay tuned. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. This went, um, this went amazing. I, I could not be happier. So thank yeah, you, everybody. Good. We're stuck. And, We've uh, been nervous and hype and talking about it for <laughs> literally months now. It's to the point where it's like, all right, we talked about this too long. We're getting nervous. What's going to happen? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And this was, this was actually the first time I've, you know, co-hosted or hosted a podcast without Justin. So I think, I think it went fine. Yeah. So we, he's, he, he watched us closely in the chat. To help <laughs> <us with anything. laughs> over there. I taught him everything they know. We appreciate you, boy. Yeah, you helped man. us, dad. You yeah. got us here. And big shout out to Justin. I was on the phone with him before this. He set up the live stream, all that. He's, he's the tech guy. He's the brain behind. Yeah. THP, THN. This is who's, you know, yeah. basically yeah. letting us get this done and letting us shoot our message to the world. So, so. We appreciate you. Follow the network. Follow yeah. uh, follow everything. Yeah, all definitely check out the network pages. and all the podcasts that are on there. You know, we're we're proud to be a part of it, and we're gonna make big things happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> you are the rock. Oh yeah! Before we go, I was jokingly saying it. I did get my. Oh yeah! I got my plaque in today from the Justin, the man himself. This thing. It's awesome. It's hard to tell with all the glare, but awesome wood, wood, uh, woodworking. And, yes. um, I couldn't be more stoked. I'm actually going to double side tape this thing with some 3M tape right on my TV. <laughs> it's going to suck for when I'm watching TV, but everybody's going to know when they walk right. in my house who the fucking man is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. All right. Well, with that said, Thank you all for listening. And whether you tune into the live stream or you listen to this later, we appreciate it so much. This is episode one of Flippin' 10. See y'all next time. Peace. Stoked.